1: In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics delivering what they call The The Whole whole Enchilada. Enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it
0: convince you?
1: To Mister Bunkers Conspiracy Time Podcast, as always, I'm your co-host Art Stone, and with me, as always, is your co-host Andy Hart.
0: Hi, Art. Oh, hey, oh, oh, good to see
1: ya. Oh, Andy, oh, it's good to see you too. It's great, good to be seen.
0: (laughs) Hey there, hey there, hold there, Bunk Funkies. Hey hey bug funkies uh come over uh come over to the buffet table. We got summer sausage and uh ch- cheddar slices. We got labot blue on tap. Le Bot blue. <laughs> Le Bot blue. It's a French robot beer. Le Bot <laughs> Ah, uh,
1: French robot beer—the finest of all the French, <laughs> the finest French robot beers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Orson Welles endorsing Le Bot Blue.
0: <laughs> this is Orson Welles. <laughs> oh, that's terrible, Orson Welles. It's good enough. But anyway,
1: Andy. Uh, uh, speaking of Orson Welles, uh, okay. who, okay. um, in that drunk commercial that he did—that crazy commercial that you could find on YouTube—Orson Welles endorses some French wine, drunk. Uh, um, yeah, I forget the brand of champagne. Some like. of the finest champagne. I don't yeah, know, I don't know. His eyes were kind of bugging out, wasn't he? <laughs> Almost like he was watching something. <laughs>
0: wow, wow, yeah. <laughs> this is, bunkfunkers. You don't know it yet, but this <laughs> is. You're in the middle. You're in the midst of one hell of a segue. <laughs> Much like today's topic, the watcher of Westfield.
1: <laughs> bravo, bravo. bravo. Bunk Funkers today's topic I can't even describe to you in words how creepy it is.
0: Don't you think? Would <laughs> you this, say that's fair? Uh this is uh an exceptionally creepy topic. Oh my god. We're um, going to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll have a lot to say on this one. Rest assured. Oh my god. Um but uh, this 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 uh this topic um very creepy and uh, very generously suggested to us um by one of our uh Bunk Funkers, one of our Patrons, um, a episode submitter extraordinaire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say as At well. this point. Um, Erica Elizabeth. Erica Elizabeth. Um, Burke, yeah. Thank bah, you so much
1: bah, 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 bah.
0: for the suggestion. Um, you, Incredible. You shared a link to this in the Discord, and I was um, captivated by this story right from the get-go. Mr. Bunker and Andy had another
1: topic planned that you were going to do, but this one Just hooked you. It grabbed you. Yeah. It sent you a little letter in the mail, and you said, I got to fucking find out. I got to get to the
0: bottom of this. This this story was like uh, a forearm, and I'm a little bottom feeder down here in the lake bed, and it just noodled me right up.
1: I got noodled by this story. (laughs) You got fucking noodled, boy. I swear to God. (laughs) You got fucking noodled. I got noodled. Um, You know, of all the times
0: I've, I've had a forearm stuffed in my mouth, This is one of the more interesting.
1: I got to tell you, Bunk Funkers, this one is going to make your skin crawl. This is a unsolved mystery of creepy voyeuristic stalker proportions. Yeah. Um, Unsolved still to this day, modern unsolved mystery. This took place in the last This is within a decade. decade. Yeah. Um, It concerns a very creepy stalker of a uh, old house in uh, New Jersey. And the family that was uh, unfortunately subjected to this. You know, there's a lot, it's, it's, let's just say this. They sold the rights to their show to, of their story to Netflix. Yeah. Okay. This is movie, movie and TV mm-hmm. worthy kind of story
0: and we're going to deliver it. So we're, we're coming out before Netflix. Yeah. So compare and contrast this to the Netflix version. Right. And you know, once that drops, you have to let us know <laughs> who did it, who covered it better. Yeah.
1: Um. But you know, bunk bunkers, if you want to get right to all of this unsolved mystery, creepy, uh, uh stalker voyeur, watcher action. If you wanna be the watchman of the watcher. If you wanna be the listener, <laughs>
0: the listener of the watcher,
1: <laughs> you of course can always check out our show notes where you will find a timestamp to let you scrub right ahead, skip right ahead to when all that research and action starts. But first, Andy and I, well, we gotta talk about court. Yeah, we got a war.
0: We gotta give you <laughs> we gotta give you an update on our ongoing Night legal court. battle with uh with mr. Bunker um of course as as you all know there's no need to recap but we're gonna do it anyway that's right um art we'll do whatever we want art and I individually are each suing mr. Bunker uh, and that's mr. Right. Bunker is suing art and I individually it's uh, a four way sue it's a it's a it's a good old-fashioned uh we're all in the court together these yeah. are not all of these suits are being right. handled at the same time uh-huh um so many suits too art, i art, mean
1: we the, these suits are italian they're mm, pressed they're, they're looking beautiful. great silk, lots of suits silk lined oh my goodness Breast uh, pockets. wool large lapels very 70s
0: yeah yeah too big actually um so big they get in the way. You can't move your arms without the lapel flopping.
1: I mean, Joseph A. Bank is just in and out of there, Joe. We just call him Joe now Joe, yeah. on a first name basis with this guy. Yeah, he's just giving away suits like fucking crazy.
0: Yeah, he doesn't know what to do. It's like we bought one suit and he now he we bought like four suits for the. I bought thing. four suits for like eight ninety nine, and now I'm pretty sure he has a dollar value menu of suits. <laughs> You buy four suits, and you get unlimited suits for the rest of time. And it's not—it's not optional. It's mandatory. He keeps bringing you suits. I know you can buy parts of suits, make your own suit. I bought a left arm the other day. Yeah, I bought a right pant leg. Yeah, Art's working on a Franken suit. Um, and, but you know, obviously, uh, we're wearing these suits over our uh, D. Snyder Twisted Sister armor. That's right. Uh, armor. road road warrior uh kind of armor. Um, the, the bright pink is fading. Yeah. Yeah, these we've had the 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 clothing, the yeah. armor, the makeup. It's all fused to our skin. Well, famously, the
1: makeup is fused to my skin, yeah. but you, uh, you got waxed. Yeah, I got by waxed. A uh, floor waxer, I believe, or something yeah, was shining got, you. Yeah, I got buffed in the. You courtroom. got buffed. I got that's buffed. Right. Uh, I got. So buffed you in are incredibly shiny, incredibly smooth, incredibly hairless, incredibly hairless. I mean, your glisten light glistens off of you. Yeah, that's true. Fluorescent lights uh, shine off your shiny uh body yeah um
0: uh, so we've been but we've been having this uh people have ongoing... been confusing you for a bright bowling ball you've been thrown i've been thrown it's pins. unbelievable way more than usual yeah <laughs> i mean this was a once in a week occurrence and now it's happening multiple times daily yeah um i guess i should stop hanging out at bowling alleys nude but that's not <laughs> likely to happen. Um, so, Well, not when they have those outrageous things about their
1: shoes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll wear your shoes, but nothing else, buddy. Nothing else, yeah. You're going to force me to wear shoes?
0: Yeah. Special stinky shoes that you clean with a fucking can of Lysol? I don't think so. Uh, excuse me, bowling alley shoe guy. Yeah, seen how sticky the bottom of my feet are? I'm not sliding around anywhere. I ain't wearing socks. I don't wear socks anywhere. It sucks. Sucks. <laughs> I go barefooted. Out, out of doors, in of doors, doesn't matter. Leave, leave black footprints everywhere. Yeah, by white carpeted home. (laughs) You live in a house, of
1: course, uh, covered with uh, endangered panda fur.
0: Yeah, yeah, wall to wall carpeted, wall to wall panda fur. But just the white fur, right? We throw the we put the black panda fur on a big fire. Uh, with the polar bear, it's easy.
1: Uh, albino uh,
0: animals you, they they make great carpet yeah um so yeah we've been we've been in this ongoing legal battle um of course famously exhibit was there uh, a few days ago he pimped out the courtroom that's right uh he put a fish tank in judge judy's abdomen she's judge dredge judge judy. dredge judy now
1: <laughs> she's wearing
0: that judge dredge
1: dread helmet yeah uh, she's a judge jury executioner
0: david crosby's there the kangaroo for the kangaroo court yeah um Mr. Bunker's parrots uh, are still here. (laughs) They're Uh, still here. um, But um, so (laughs) so now that you're caught up, caught up on all the action. um, You know, last uh, yesterday we we had kind of a it was kind of a letdown because we we went into a recess and didn't get much done. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, unfortunately, uh, we we all played games at recess uh, instead of having court. Um, But we got back to it today. Mm-hmm. we did um we had and to work today. uh today was uh art and i girded our loins for today because um you're telling me you know the the schedule for the court was mr bunker had lined up a bunch of character witnesses
1: of course every every day they post the schedule outside on a bulletin board everybody crowds around it trying yeah. to see what the schedule is for court <laughs> <It's>
0: <laughs> who made the
1: who made the cut yeah you know some people get the lead in court other people are
0: understudies and it's very uh it you know it's it's tense heartbreaking it's tense um but uh today, uh, you know, the posting, Mr. Bunker uh was the lead, uh and his he was playing the role of uh, defendant and also plaintiff. Uh calling character witnesses. Which on his is own just behalf. bullshit, dude. Who is this guy think he is? Yeah. Yeah. Both roles, defendant and plaintiff. Well, you We're know what Tom Hardy? What are you? <laughs> in that one movie? Uh more like Tom Hardley. <laughs> So, uh, Mr. Bunker decided to call a bunch of character witnesses and, uh, yeah, I don't think he understands what a character witness is supposed to do. Cause he called a bunch of like so many character witnesses. Yeah. He called a bunch of character witnesses, but it was people who do characters. So it was a bunch of like voice actors and people who do impressions, <laughs> character actors, character actors. They all came and nobody said a word about Mr. Bunker. Like Frank Welker came in. He's doing like animal noises, like curious George. Uh, up there uh, talking like Megatron. (laughs) I mean, it's like, it's like people thought this was some kind of audition. I think,
1: I think what Mr. Booker did was he sent out a giant casting call for a bunch of voice actors, impressionists, character actors. And what he got back was people coming thinking they were doing, you know, major voices.
0: Yeah. And I want to know what he put in this ad, if that's true, because he got some big names to come to the courtroom. That's true. Uh, You know, there was Frank Welker, uh, Bill Hader came. Um, he's doing. He's doing. Lorne Michaels having dinner with serial killers and Judge Judge Judy was eating it up.
1: Oh my God, she was fucking peeing her pants. She, she
0: peed her pants. She sprung a leak in her aquarium. She tummy. has a big aquarium in her tummy. Um, you know, just water just rushing out onto the floor. Whole courtroom was Every, just
1: fucking soaked.
0: Yeah, betta fish. Flopping around, fighting oh God, each disgusting. other all over the we place. We all had
1: to put on rain boots. Yeah,
0: rain boots, rain boots. They, of course, coats. brought
1: in Stephen Root, Stephen Root. I, I don't know if he goes by Stephen or Stefan. famously yeah. from, uh, you know, you might know him as the voice of Bill Dautry from King of the Hill and <laughs> or uh, yeah. Milton in often Space. He started uh, talking, my stapler, you have you my stapler. And everyone was like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? The staplers. There's no staplers. Nobody's used a staple in 40 years.
0: Yeah. No,
1: everything's digital. Yeah, um, we're thinking up there like, what
0: does this have to do with us? Is he talking about us? Yeah, because we won't staple our mouths shut. Yeah, it made it seem like maybe they were trying to do a metaphor, but I think they were just doing classic characters. Uh, I don't think that there was any, I don't think there was any like, uh, uh, like I, you know, there was had nothing to do with anything. Joe Pesci was there. Joe Pesci
1: was there, of course. (laughs) And he he got up on the stand. He's like, what do you think? This is funny? Do I look like a clown? Do Do I look like a clown? And we kept saying... I mean, you're dressed like a
0: fucking you're clown. Dressed like a clown. Why? He's are you got big like red hair. He's got a red nose. He's got makeup on his face. I do. I want to say yes. He looks very agitated. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I don't know what the point of the whole thing was. Like it didn't. And it didn't reveal anything about Mr. Bunker it didn't or make, us. Yeah, it didn't make you feel sympathetic for Mr. Bunker at all. Like I don't know what the hung
1: jury was thinking about this. I think they were just awestruck. All these celebrities coming in. Yeah, you got J.K. Simmons coming in.
0: J.K. Simmons, yeah, famous Ohio State alum. J.K. Simmons,
1: famously, you know, he did. He came up there and the first thing he said was, we are farmers. And we thought, mm, product placement? That's weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Kind of weird. What kind of contract does he have with farmers? Yeah, I guess farmers and shit. I mean, you know, from what he said, he's legally obligated to say that everywhere he goes. <laughs> so it must be a pretty strict contract he got with farmers. Then, of course, he went, not my tempo. Not my tempo.
1: And we kept saying, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I yeah. know. Uh, Daryl Hammond was there. Oh, Daryl Hammond
1: was there. I mean, famously. Yeah, famously. He was there. <laughs> uh uh, you know, of course, you have uh so many great character actors. You had Michael Shannon. Yeah. <laughs> he just looked pissed. He did not want to be there. He no, was he not definitely, definitely
0: did not want to be there. Uh um, kind of like hmm.
1: You guys really brought me here. Michael Shannon. <laughs> I'm here. Famous theater actor. John Malkovich was there. Oh, yeah. John Malkovich. Of course. Phil Lamar uh was there, of course. Phil Lamar doing classic voices. You know, he did Samurai Jack a little bit. He did um uh Hermes from Futurama. Yeah.
0: Oh my goodness. Um, um let's see, who else who else was there? Uh oh, uh that that one um that one Bill Gates impersonator from Nathan For You was there. Yeah. Then then the impersonators started coming in. Yeah, the celebrity impersonators. You had
1: uh, a Jay Leno impersonator got in there and he's just going, kind of like, <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, you can really do I And mean, it was like, oh, geez, a little hamming it up a little bit.
0: Will Ferrell was there, but he was like, <laughs> did not acknowledge that he was not George W. Bush at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nuclear. <laughs> hey, hey, this court. Hey, maybe I should be the judge. I'm going to be the decider of this case.
1: Uh, Jim Cummings was there. Oh yeah, of course. Famous voice of Winnie, Winnie the Pooh, Pooh and, so and uh, also he does uh, Optimus Prime, right? Um. Either way, he did Winnie the Pooh as Optimus Prime.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jim Cummings has done a lot. Peter Cullen is the uh, famous voice. Oh, of, that's right, of Optimus Prime, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, Jim. Jim Cummings uh, did uh, uh, did Winnie the Pooh as Optimus Prime,
0: which was which was fun. Oh, it was lovely.
1: It was a real uh, it was a real character showdown. I mean, there was uh, it was a wild time today. Not a lot got done, but that's you know.
0: That's what happens. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I mean, this is. I mean, honestly, uh, kind of another uneventful day in that sense. Um, you know, the USA Network
1: showed up because they were like, hmm, "Well, characters welcome." Yeah. So they, we had a bunch of fucking reps from USA Network in there. They loved it. They were like, "Oh my god, all these characters!"
0: Craft services was craft
1: great. services was there. Um, you know, there was uh, which. Mm, it should really say craft food services. Because I tried to get them to fix my fucking HVAC and they wouldn't service it at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was gonna bring in my old Toyota Camry, they wouldn't service that. I said, yeah. Well, you're not really craft services then, are you?
0: Yeah, no, it's a misleading name.
1: Very misleading. Yeah, it should be food provider. I'm trying to get myself serviced by one of them. Yeah. Yeah. This poor guy just working the working the croissant buffet with his little tongs. I said, Hey, you wanna come service me a little bit? <laughs> yeah. After <laughs> <It> was, recess <laughs> after my
0: nap. Yeah, it was very inappropriate with all of the people that were there from the USA now.
1: Well, I mean, what can I say? You know, I, I have a reputation as a bit of a bad boy, uh, <laughs> a little bit, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know where this is going. I don't know if this is the road we want to go down. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> hey, you sound like that guy
0: that worked for craft services. <laughs> That's what he said, too. I mean, their name is craft services. <laughs> what are they servicing? Yeah, it's just a food services. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy for you folks in craft service. I've changed your name. <laughs> um, characters welcome. Characters welcome, and they were welcome. Um, you know, I guess it was fun to see all these uh people so good at their crafts. Yeah, doing that stuff. I think it's pretty apparent. I think what we learned today is that
1: Mister Bunker definitely has some kind of connections with the uh, Illuminati. Because how the hell else would he get all these famous actors to show up? Yeah, yeah. Um, as we, I mean, of course, Frank Welker, uh, Jim Cummings, well-known Illuminati members. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Easily high-ranking members of both the Illuminati.
0: Both 33rd degree masons. Yes, um,
1: 33rd degree, um, level 60 warlock. Yeah.
0: Um, they uh, Definitely
1: you- raid raid leaders. Very hard to get into their guild.
0: Yeah, they both... They both are big time on Raid Shadow Legends. Yeah. They're they're two of those, you know, I think they're two of the loudest voices saying no to play to win.
1: (laughs) It was a, uh, it was just a, you know, I, I don't think we took it as a loss, but I don't think we took it as a win to be honest with you.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was just sort of a, we had fun, but, um, yeah, you we know. were just kind of
1: sitting there enjoying the ride.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mike Myers showed up and the kangaroo went wild. Oh my god, that kangaroo Australian loves Mike
1: Mike Myers. Yeah. Oh my god, he was doing Shrek, donkey, and then the kangaroo would clap. Yeah. I don't think the kangaroo knows it's not a donkey. Yeah, the kangaroo, what nuts? Um, <laughs> and you love to see the kangaroo smile. You know, I think I think we've really you know we've had some ups and downs with the court, the kangaroo in the court, the court kangaroo court and um you know i don't know yeah. i think might after this we might you know stay in touch
0: yeah i'm definitely gonna give the kangaroo my email address okay yeah yeah i just trying to get serviced by the kangaroo also
1: <laughs> listen i've always had a dream of riding around in a kangaroo's pouch like a little joey yeah and uh just riding across the that was a weird
0: episode of friends <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah little when the when rick moranis shrunk shrunk joey down accidentally yeah. honey i shrunk the joey
0: yeah, that the one, the one where Joey gets shrunk by Rick Moranis. Yeah, because you know, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was not fiction. That was that was based on a true story. Rick Moranis has a real addiction to shrinking people. Yeah, that's what we learned from those movies. That's why he had to like you know he, why he slowed down his uh, right. film work is because right. he was a wanted criminal after that movie, and he basically confessed. <laughs> that to was a
1: documentary.
0: Yeah. I mean he shrunk his fucking kids shrunk shrinking people is a crime too by the way in new york big time crime big time <laughs> probably the number one crime yeah you'd think it'd be a small crime but it's a big crime they always talk about the murder
1: rates and the, the thieves and the thefts but it's like no 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 no. shrinking people shrinking people it's a huge problem in new york I, and you go to new york you better watch out you better have a friend walk you home from the bars late at night Some some Rick Moranis looking motherfucker might come out,
0: shrink your ass down. Guess what? You're getting eaten by a spider. Yeah, I mean, and it's and it's bad too. even people that survive the shrinking. I mean, they have people. People suffer, you know, with like post-traumatic stress. I mean, and these shrunk folks need to see a shrink when they're done, (laughs) when they come back to normal.
1: God damn it. <laughs> and, and you know what? You know what you know that your your reminds me of? Your doesn't get shrunk. And you know what that reminds me of? And I am so pissed off about this is Matt Damon had the fucking audacity to make that shitty movie where he shrunk the whole world down that nobody saw. Came out like two years ago. Oh. Oh, I vaguely remember something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's obviously... And it's just, I think, so fucking disgusting. It's it's, it's insensitive. So insensitive, making fun yeah. of all these shrunk people.
0: Yeah. You know, um, there's this big, there's this big, like tiktok trend now oh yeah uh where you're big on tiktok i'm I'm big on tiktok uh find me on there at beefy burrito you're big on most places yeah (laughs) i've never been shrunk but i'm in any way (laughs) well in certain ways we're both shrunk yeah (laughs) but there's this big tiktok trend now where people find um you know people people are like you know, like shrink the shrinking de- technology has kind of made its way to like viral videos. Uh-huh. You know, it's like you see this every now and again where people are doing illegal things uh, to make viral content. Sure. sure. Uh, and this is this is no different. And now, you know, the big trend is that people are, um, you know, people are shrinking like hip hop artists. And now it's oh, it's this big trend shrink rap. It's like, give me a break. It's still a crime, people to shrink people down. No matter how viral your shrink rap video gets, it's still illegal.
1: God damn it. Is I'm okay so hard? fucking pissed off about shrinking and shrink rap. I can't believe it. You Zoomers are supposed to be better than us. You're supposed to change the fucking world. Okay? You're no different
0: than us doing illegal things to make viral videos. Fucking
1: shrink rap. Leave these fucking rappers alone. Quit shrinking them. Yeah, don't shrink Put them. Put them in your little pockets.
0: Just because it's fun, because then their voice gets, gets all high. Yeah, they which sound just, like the chipmunks. Yeah, it's funny, but come on. They don't deserve to be shrunk. You know how hard that is on your internal organs and your bones?
1: <laughs> well... You know, after we do this, we're going to have to go on a campaign to stop Rick Moranis. I mean, he's just we 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 want, you know, I think Rick Moranis needs to get his day in court as well.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll be filing suits against Rick Moranis.
1: After we win all of our lawsuits and reap all the benefits of suing Mr. Bunker, I think we will take Rick Moranis to court. Yeah. And finally get justice for all the people that he shrunk.
0: You know, if I looked like Rick Moranis. If yeah, if. Oh. Oh. Well then maybe I missed an opportunity. If I looked like Rick Moranis, I You look like Rick Moranis. <laughs> well that's what I was going to say. Uh, I would know. Oh, I, I would I would do a bunch of porn parodies of Rick Moranis films and I would call myself Rick Moranis.
1: He missed a golden opportunity to get out of a life of crime and go into a life of porn. <laughs>
0: Honey, I enlarged my dong. <laughs> nut Nut busters busters. yeah oh
1: you got me you beat me (laughs) i'm trying to think of the rick Moranis movies big giant dong (laughs) boy these titles are getting less and less clever (laughs) was he in little shop
0: of horrors yeah, a little shop of horrors. Yeah, a little shop of horrors. There you go. There
1: you go. All right, I think that's enough, Rick Moranis.
0: <laughs> Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis.
1: Well, anyway, Andy. Um, fun day in court. You know, we a uh, lot of lot of different stuff. You know, remember bunk funkers as always. Look out for people trying to shrink you
0: <laughs>
1: out there in the world. But um, keep an eye out. You know, before we get to our topic today, we got to do a bunker alarm. That's what's really important. Yeah, we do that have a that is what is important.
0: We do have a bunker alarm to do today. We have a special bunker alarm.
1: Maybe a first. This is I don't think this has ever happened before. Uh, Maybe it has. I can't remember. Space balls. That
0: one writes itself. Oh, well, there you go. I forgot all about space balls. Yeah. Um anyway. Uh we do <laughs> the bunker alarm is not for space balls. <laughs> um you know, bunk bunkers, uh just to give a little context on the bunker alarm. The bunker alarm right. is, of course, a segment of the show where Art and I utilize a very high tech piece of equipment called the bunk tech bunker alarm 3000. Uh, and we use it to play a perfectly synced alarm sound alarm tone, if you will, for a bunk being honored today. Um, and today we have a very special, <laughs> a very special bunker alarm to ring. Uh, we, today we are going to ring the bunker alarm for, uh, Ryan Henderson's friend, Tom Richardson. That's right. Um, And Tom Richardson apparently is a little ginger with no soul. That's how Ryan described him. Right.
1: A little ginger with no soul. And. Which, I mean, um, possibly he was another victim of Rick Moranis. Yeah. We don't know how little. uh, Which, in that case, I feel awful.
0: When Ryan says little, I mean, if, uh, you know, Tom, if you are, if you were shrunk by Rick Moranis or, uh, you know, enlarged, wink, wink, by Rick Moranis, uh, we're. (laughs) We're sorry. <laughs> Two brothers, Rick Moranis and Rick Moranus.
1: Yeah. <laughs> They're like uh, diametrically opposed. One is good, one is evil. Yeah. Constantly
0: um, at odds with each other. One is enlarging, one is shrinking. Yeah, it's I mean, but that's what brings balance to the universe, right? Yes. Um so uh we don't know for sure uh what how little Tom is, but uh Tom, this bunker alarm is for you. Uh Ryan, I guess this bunker alarm is for Tom via you that's right so you know you get the idea I uh, get it so uh let me just go ahead and uh, I'm going to uh program the BunkTech tech bunker alarm 3000 now we will have a uh, a very nice tone here momentarily uh, of course uh the bunker bunker tech bunker alarm 3000 now has uh enhanced oh. um sounds of it being used wow. we turned the sounds of using it up yeah we just we high. forgot where the volume knob was There's so yeah. many knobs so on many this guys Ooh, this is a good one <laughs> mm. well, i oh, okay. hope it's not a bad one uh, there's not a bad one in the bunch that's right um, they're all good all right so you know, with a sophisticated piece of equipment like this, it's very high tech. There's no reason for Art or I to do a countdown, but you know what? We're we love to do a countdown because it gets us so jazzed. Oh, oh we're God, about to we jazz get into the air. Oh, we get so, so fucking jazzed. I get jazz everywhere. So, here we go. Uh, <laughs> for Ryan Henderson's friend, Tom Richardson. That's right. The little ginger with no soul. This monkey alarm is for you. <laughs> In three. Two. One. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. That's a fun one. Very fun. Yeah. Let's look at the title of this one here. It's, uh, ooh, Coughing Up a Hairball. Coughing Up a Hairball. Lovely. Lovely bunker alarm. Lovely bunker alarm. Lovely activity to do. Well,
1: congratulations to Tom Richardson, and uh, congratulations to you (laughs) and Ryan's friendship. I think it's a beautiful friendship. It's a
0: beautiful friendship. We love to see friends here on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time. Oh,
1: we love to see all the friends. Phoebe, Rachel, Ross. Ross. Courtney uh, Cox's character's name. Monica. Uh, Chandler.
0: Chandler. (laughs) Uh,
1: Lovely stuff. Uh, we got Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> honey, honey. That, I think Rick Moranis and Rick Moranis doubled on that one. Honey, I Blew Another Man. That was a good one. Yeah, we both have Rick Moranis movies up on our phone at the same time,
0: bugbuckers Okay, same wavelength here. <laughs> oh, I remember Strange Dude, <laughs> Brother Bear Ass. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um head office Again, that was a double feature Rick Moranis Rick Moranis. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, you can show up at the same time.
1: Um Streets of Come <laughs>
0: <laughs> The Red Rocket Boy
1: Come Paradise Splitting Hers <laughs> <laughs>
0: the dick bones <laughs>
1: uh rick Moranis is not in a lot of movies no really had a very short short but fun career rick moranis maybe a little bit more famous um <laughs> yeah rick moranis's career a little bit longer well i think after the netflix movie premieres of this topic andy if it ever does i think uh today's topic is going to be a little bit more famous even though I think it's also, a, it's a pretty well-known, I don't know how well-known this topic is, but I think. It seems like it's
0: well-known within the state of New Jersey, but New Jersey uh, outside of New Jersey, I don't know. For all of you that are outside of New Jersey, you might learn a little bit today. Well, New Jersey
1: is going to feel a little bit like old Jersey because, uh, you know, it's creepy.
0: Uh, this, this topic's creepy. So uh, um, yeah, it's going to feel like Jersey in the UK is what you mean? <laughs> I guess so. Is that where it's from? That's the original Jersey. Well, I prefer the new
1: one um and they're delicious Taylor ham and pork rolls mm. um
0: I prefer the the new jersey too I love the uh i love the uh alt unis new jerseys for your sports team, oh my god love your alternate uniforms
1: good lord, all right well, uh, before I strangle Andy to death here uh punk funkers uh it's coming. I'm going to get Rick Moranis on your ass and shrink you down and just fucking lock you in a... <laughs> oh, geez.
0: As long as you don't get Rick Moranis on my ass.
1: <laughs> no, you'd like that too much.
0: I'm not sure my ass could take it. Um,
1: let's get to it. This is the Watcher of Westfield here. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. I see you. I see you. Welcome to your new episode. I hope you enjoy it. You certainly seem to. I've seen you listening to it as you sniff the foaming hand soaps at Bath and Body Works. I also enjoy Cucumber Melon. But I've seen you elsewhere, bunkfunkers. I've seen you browsing Burberry and trying on shoes at Aldo. I've seen you as you contemplate purchasing Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry underwear from Champ Sports. I guess, watching the shops, as we say, is somewhat of an obsession for me and my family. You see, my grandfather started watching the shops in the 1950s. And when my grandfather was eaten alive by a pack of wolves, my father took over the role. And now that my father is an astronaut, my time has come to watch the shops. Funkfunkers, have you bought me the young blood I desire? The copy of Carl Wilson's 1983 solo album *Young Blood*, of which I am so eager to get my hands on. Rest assured, Bungfunkers, I will continue watching you until you bring me the *Young Blood*. Oh yes, you may think I don't see you as you dine at Beard Papa's Cream Puffs, or Potato Corner, or even Chili's. But yes, I see you, Bungfunkers, especially at Chili's. And I am eager for the young blood.
0: Uh, Art, what the heck are you talking about? You're sounding pretty effing creepy right now. Carl Wilson had the voice of an angel. Don't you tarnish his good name.
1: Oh, my sweet, innocent Andy. I am merely fulfilling my family's obligations, Andy. For you see, I am the Watcher. Duh. The Westfield Watcher. The Westfield Garden State Plaza Mall in Paramus, New Jersey. Watch her! <laughs> Tremble before me, mortals! Unless ye bring me a copy of Young Blood, that the beauty of Carl Wilson's voice will soothe the rage that burns inside
0: me. Well, Art, let me tell you what tell you what you do to me. For one thing, it's not like poetry. <laughs> You freak me out with all this talk about spying on our precious bunk funkers while they do their shopping at New Jersey's second largest mall, the Westfield Garden State Plaza. Oh, I'm aware. But man, oh man, you are so on point for today's topic, Art. It's almost like you were watching as this episode came together and revealed some canon lore about yourself that ties in nicely to the story we're talking about today. Strange. I like to hide in bushes. I like to watch. (laughs) Yeah. Because today we're talking about the mysterious Westfield Watcher. Unlike Art, this Westfield Watcher wasn't some little voyeur peeping folks at the food court. Rather, this Westfield Watcher was allegedly the sender of a series of anonymous letters to, primarily, the new at the time owners of a house in Westfield, New Jersey. If you're not familiar with Westfield, New Jersey, it's a little southwest of Newark and close to 20 miles southwest of New York City. It's considered generally a pretty safe place to live. You know, good place to raise a family and all that. Uh, The people in Westfield are well-to-do, with a median household income exceeding $150,000 at most recent measure. For reference, median household income in the USA at large was $68,703 in 2019. But maybe, underneath this idyllic suburban veneer, there's something lurking. I mean, hey... Westfield was the hometown of cartoonist Charles Adams, the creator of the Adams Family. They're the creepy, creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They're all together, ookie. The Adams family. family. Their house is a museum when the people come, come to see 'em. They really are a scream. scream. The, the Adams Family. family. Neat. <laughs> sweet, sweet.
1: Da 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 da
0: Petite. Pet-petite.
1: So get <laughs> to the witch's shawl on, a broomstick you can crawl on. Can we're gonna pay, pay a call on the Adams, Adams family. Da 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 da. Wow, we understand musical tempo <laughs> better than any other podcast host. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, uh, you know, uh, Uh, of mostly audio medium. We totally get it. The the acoustics is very good. Well, was it just
1: the old Victorian homes in Westfield, New Jersey, that inspired Adams to create his macabre family? Or was there something more sinister in Westfield that caught Adams' attention? Let's find out. It was in the quiet town of Westfield where in 2014, Derek and Maria uh, Broadis... Broadus.
0: Oh, fuck. Broaddus. <laughs> Broaddus, You went with the very phonetic pronunciation there. I can't do it, funkers. Bunk I'm not trying. This is
1: how I am. Broaddus, I can't help it. Uh. I swear to Christ, I don't fucking do that on purpose. Broadus closed on a new home. They closed on a new home in 2014. And no bunk funkers. It wasn't a haunted mansion or an abandoned asylum. It was a beautiful six bedroom, six bedrooms, four bath, turn of the century colonial home located at 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey. Beautiful home. Yeah. The Broaddus family closed on their new home in June, but planned some renovations before they moved in with their three children's, uh, three children aged five, eight, and 10 at the time. While the renovations were in the works, the family stayed at their old house, which was also in Westfield. Now, three days after their closing, Derek uh, Derek Broaddus was alone at 657 Boulevard. He was just doing some painting in the new house, trying to get it ready for the whole family to move in. It was after 10 p.m. and Derek decided to check the mail. He got a card-shaped envelope in the mail, which was addressed to, quote, the new owner. In distinctive, thick handwriting. The card had no return address. Derek opened the envelope to find a typed note that started out friendly enough. Quote, Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. Ah, oh, how nice, sweet. A letter from one of the new neighbors. Let's see what else this friendly person had to say. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? Hmm. Uh, You know, Andy,
0: I can feel it. Something's not right here. (laughs) Yeah, or uh, this sounds like one of those notes I leave my neighbors. (laughs) They usually leave me notes about my sleep screaming. Yeah. But I do take naps almost all day long. That's true, you do. Uh, And I almost constantly scream. Uh, Anyway, this letter took a turn almost immediately, uh, and it only gets weirder from there. 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was as it was supposed to be. Tisk tisk tisk. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. You have children. I have seen them. So far I think there are 3 that I have counted. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe... I am in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. And this letter was signed in cursive font, The Watcher. Oh, cursive font.
1: The most menacing of all fonts. Oh,
0: you know somebody means business when they break out the... Cursive type font. <laughs>
1: I wonder if it was Playfair display.
0: Ooh, 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 sends chills down my spine. <laughs> well, it certainly freaked out Derek
1: uh us because uh and for, I mean for good reason. Uh because he called the Westfield police. One of Westfield's finest came out to 657 Boulevard. The officer read the note from the watcher and asked Derek, uh, yo, what the fuck is this? <laughs> the fuck's going on here? The fuck is the deal? <laughs> Now, this is an officer who asked the right questions. This officer also asked Derek if he had any enemies. The officer noted a piece of construction equipment on the back porch. He told Derek the equipment should be moved so the watcher didn't show up and chuck it through a window.
0: Now, after trying to help the Westfield police figure out what the fuck the letter was, Derek went back to the Broaddus' old house. He and Maria sent an email to the previous owners of 657 Boulevard, retirees John and Andrea Woods. Derek and Maria asked the Woodses as if they knew who the Watcher could be. They also asked about one line in the letter, quote, I asked the Woods to bring me young blood, and it looks like they listened. End quote. Well, John and Andrea, what do you have to say for yourselves? The next morning, via email, Andrea Woods told Derek and Maria that they also got a note from the Watcher just a few days before they moved out. Andrea described the note as, quote, odd, end quote, which I'm sure is the understatement of the year, uh, of that year. Uh, Andrea also said the note mentioned the Watcher and their family observing the house. Though the Woods had lived in 657 Boulevard for 23 years, this was the first time they'd ever received a letter like the one from the Watcher. John and Andrea tossed the note in the garbage and didn't think too much about it. Nevertheless, the Woodses agreed to meet with Maria at the Westfield Police Station. They met with Detective Leonard Lugo, and we're told not to tell anybody about the watcher's letters. And that included the neighbors at 657 Boulevard, or as we could call them now, suspects.
1: Now, a few days later, the Broaddus family fulfilled one of my personal goals in life. They attended a social event. Yeah, someday you'll get there. I'm working my way up. Yeah. Um, the family went to a cookout at one of the houses across the street from 657 Boulevard. It was like a block party, you know, to welcome the Broaddus's um, they had to welcome their clan to the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah. while chatting with their new neighbors and eating hot dog after hot dog after hot dog after hot dog after hot dog yeah. until they just, I mean, they had to make the host bring out a new package. They had to run to the store, just would not stop eating hot dogs. <laughs> yeah,
0: they bought one of those like jumbo packs from Costco, and <laughs> Derek, Derek showed would up. not stop eating hot dogs. He started
1: telling everybody to call him Joey Chestnut. He started just shoving hot dogs. This guy. Now, Derek and Maria were also in sleuth mode you know yeah uh, trying to look out for clues to the watcher's identity now keep in mind they followed detective lugo's advice and had not shared the information about the watcher with anybody derek was talking with john schmidt from uh down the street and despite extensive research we could not determine if john schmidt's middle name was were actually jacob jingleheimer
0: <laughs> we're not sure
1: We tried, Bungfuckers, and you know we do our research. We bring you the whole enchilada, but we couldn't get you the dip on this one.
0: Yeah, we couldn't. This is like a little uh, half scoop of guacamole that's missing. Regardless, John
1: Schmidt told Derek about the Langford family, whose house was in between the Schmidt House and 657 Boulevard. So the Langfords were next-door neighbors to both the Schmidt's and the Broadduses. The matriarch of the Langford family was Peggy Langford. Oh, Peggy, oh, you my bazoo! It's for Jeremy. A little, little treat for Jeremy. Yeah, Shout out to Jeremy.
0: Enjoy Jeremy.
1: Peggy was in her 90s at the time. FYI, uh, Bunk Funkers. Peggy lost her long battle with not being dead in 2020. Mm. RIP. At the age of 99, though, great long life there. Yeah, she fought not death for a long time. That's true. Back in 2014, Peggy lived in her Boulevard home with some of her adult children who were all in their 60s at the time. Now, I know what you're thinking, bunk bunkers. Party central, am I right? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: But that, you know, doesn't seem to be the case here. John Schmidt described the Langfords as being kind of weird, but harmless. Schmidt also told Derek about one of Peggy's sons, Michael, who uh, didn't work. And had a uh, Ernest Hemingway-styled beard and was described as, quote, kind of a Boo Radley character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <And, laughs> I'm going to start describing everybody as me as kind of a Boo Radley. (laughs) He's a little bit of a Boo Radley. (laughs) Boo Radley is, of course, the reclusive neighbor character from Harper Lee's novel uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. I should say her first novel. A character in which I've loosely modeled my life on. (laughs) I am very much a, they call me Art Boo Radley. Yeah. Yeah, you're just like him except for the heroism part. (laughs) Uh, anyway, well, that's true. You know, I just, I didn't feel like that part was very important to the story. I was more focused on
0: the recluse. Part. It happens way at the end. It's hard to, I didn't even that, finish it. To by the time I lose interest. <laughs> so anyway, the barbecue failed to solve the watcher mystery, but this letter still had Derek and Maria freaked out. Derek ended up canceling a work trip to be with his family. When Maria took their kids to 657 Boulevard, she would yell for them whenever they got out of sight. Derek gave a tour of the renovations to another couple who lived down the street and took special note when one of them said, quote, it'll be nice to have some young blood in the neighborhood, end quote. Hmm? Now, in addition to all these things, the general contractor working on the home showed up for work one morning and found that a sign he hammered in the front yard was pulled out, pulled out overnight. Then, two weeks after the first letter arrived, Maria went to 657 Boulevard to check some paint samples. While at the house, she also checked the mail. You guessed it, bunk bunkers. She knew the distinctive lettering on the envelope right away. It was another letter from the watcher. Now this letter
1: is a significant ramp up in the weird slash creepy factor, even right from the beginning. Here it goes. Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. The workers have been busy, and I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found out? What is in the walls yet? In time, they will. This time, the Watcher also got personal, referring to Derek and Maria by their name, albeit he misspelled Broadus as Bradus. Um, not like I can comment there. <laughs> Broadus. Uh The Watcher also brought the Bradus' children into the mix. Oh, boy. Listing the kids by their nicknames and birth order. Yeah. The Watcher wrote the following. I am pleased to know your names now and the name of the young blood you have brought me. You certainly say their names often. Further, the watcher even asked about one child in particular whom the watcher saw using an easel on the porch. The watcher wondered, is she the artist of the family? Now, here's an extended quote from this watcher letter. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of this house. Have you found all of the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic, or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the watcher. And I have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Braddis family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past families to 657 Boulevard. And now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching.
0: And if the watcher were watching me read that letter, the watcher would see me go back to my old house and never go outside again. Or even open the blinds. (laughs) Jesus Christ. But Derek and Maria aren't me, thank God, for their sakes. (laughs) And they called the police instead. Derek told the police that if they didn't get the watcher under control, they would have a different type of case to deal with. Derek said, quote, This person attacked my family, and where I'm from, if you do that, you get your ass beat. quote. And it's true. Derek's family is from the small, landlocked European country, Beatenstein. So where he's from, you mess with your, somebody's family, you can get your ass beat. Beatenstein. I think it's somewhere near
1: uh San Marino and uh Liechtenstein. It's somewhere between that. Yeah, somewhere might be near near Slovenia, I'm not sure. Romania.
0: Yeah, it's somewhere it's somewhere between uh like Palermo and London. <laughs> somewhere, I don't somewhere know. Somewhere in there. Um so despite this dire warning, there wasn't that much evidence for police to sort through. So after a few weeks, Westfield's police chief informed Derek and Maria that unless somebody confessed to sending the letters, there wasn't a lot the police could do. Obviously, this left the Broaddus' feeling less than safe at their new home. They stopped bringing the kids over entirely. They even started to doubt if they would ever move in. Then, some weeks later, they received a third letter from the Watcher, where the Watcher makes note of their absence. Where have you gone to? 657 Boulevard is missing you.
1: Now, all of these creepy letters were really getting Derek wound up, and he kind of became obsessed with the Watcher. He installed cameras all over the house at 657 Boulevard. He spent some nights hiding in the darkened house, waiting to catch someone spying on the house. The family even hired a private investigator to look into the watcher. The PI did a stakeout in the neighborhood and ran background checks on the Langford family. Neither of these things yielded useful information. So, Derek contacted a former FBI agent, Patricia Kirby, who was the inspiration for Clarice Starling, character from, uh, the Silence of the Lambs. Derek knew Kirby because the two were on the same high school board of trustees. In addition to Kirby, Derek also hired another former FBI agent, Robert Len- Lenahan, um, who did a threat assessment. Lenahan believed the letters came from an older person because there were some old-timey characteristics. So, for example, the letters came addressed to M um, slash M Bradus, the misspelling of Bratis. Um, the, sal- the salutations referenced the day's weather and the sentences has d- had double spaces between them. So he felt that these were all indicative of an older person. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lenahan felt the author was likely an avid reader because there were certain liter- there was a certain literary style to the letters. And although the letters seemed angry, the watcher never used profanities, unlike me. Yeah. <laughs> if I was writing these watcher letters, you would know it was me because it would be a foul-mouthed, raunchy, uh, uh, it sounds like somebody who literally grew up on a fucking
0: ass, a pig on a pig farm. Um, <laughs> yo, you fit into this fucking house about as well as I fit into a ill-fitting pair of raw denim jeans, you fucking piece of shit. Yeah, what's up
1: with your kids? They play fucking video games? Because I see them out here painting shit on their fucking easel. I mean, I don't know what's up with that. What that seems fuck? lame as fuck.
0: What the fuck?
1: You guys got any gabo goo? <laughs> <laughs> That would be me. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not the Watcher. That led Lenahan to believe the
0: author was, quote, less macho. Also unlike me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you're <laughs> not off the suspect list yet, bub. Okay? Because the Watcher also did not like people with money, which is exactly like you. Famous proletariat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lenahan described the Watcher's feelings toward the wealthy as a, quote, seething anger. Uh, the Watcher had issues with moneyed outsiders moving into Westfield, asking in one letter, are you one of those Hoboken transplants who are ruining Westfield? Now we can all relate to this. <laughs> Hobokeners ruin every place they go. Stay in Hoboken already. Jays Louise, you don't got to leave. You're going
1: to have a couple of Hoboken bron- bones when I'm fucking done with you. Yeah,
0: because I'm from Ass Beatenstein, too. I'm, I'm, I'm a tri- I'm, that's, where, hey, that's
1: where I traced my lineage back
0: to Ass Beatenstein. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm Ass Beatensteinian way back. <laughs> The old country. (laughs) Now, aside from hating people from Hoboken, the Watcher also had a problem with the work the Broaduses were having done on the house, saying, The house is crying from all the pain it is going through. You have changed it and made it so fancy. You are stealing its history. It cries for the past and what used to be in the time when I roamed its halls. The 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard when I ran from room to room Imagining the life with the rich occupants there. The house was full of life and young blood. Then it got old, and so did my father. But he kept watching until the day he died. And now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. Despite all this rage, Lenihan felt like the watcher would still just be in a cage uh, and not act on their threats. That said, Lenihan did notice the letters had some errors and typos that could indicate the writer was a little erratic. Like sometimes their chickens are chasing their rabbits. <laughs> now ultimately Lenihan told the Broadduses they should check into former housekeepers at the home or their families. Maybe the watcher was someone who was jealous that the Broadduses brought uh bought a house that the watcher couldn't afford. Lenihan also wondered if the watcher was inspired by the 2000 uh the year 2000 Keanu Reeves film The Watcher, which I have definitely not seen and don't even remember hearing about it at the time. Uh Art, you seen this movie? Nah anyway okay <laughs> uh,
1: no i'm in the same boat never heard it never heard about it okay and never seen it so uh bunk Funkers, if you've seen and that you movie, know about it, let us know let us know about it <laughs> give us the synopsis anyway as is rick 20... moranis in that one <laughs> is rick moranis in it that's what we really want to know anyway uh anyway as 2014 came to a close the investigation into the watcher kind of died down there was very little physical evidence and no way to really target a suspect because the letters could have honestly come from basically anywhere in northern New Jersey. In December of 2014, the Westfield police informed Derek and Maria that they couldn't investigate further. All this despite the fact that the watcher's letters were getting even weirder. I mean, still more letters to come. Yeah, Listen to this, bunk Funkers. <clears throat> 657 Boulevard is turning on me. It is coming after me. I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend and now it is my enemy. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back, let the young blood play again like I once did. Let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and let it alone. Now it's also worth mentioning that by this point Derek and Maria had sold their old house in Westfield and rather than becoming a uh, itinerant circus folk, right? What the fuck word is this? You did this on purpose. Yeah, I did. Itinerant. <laughs> itinerant circus folk. Does that mean like vagabond? Yeah, like they move from place to place. Oh <laughs> instead of rather than becoming itinerant. Here's a, a vocab word of the day, bunk bunkers. Rather than becoming itinerant circus folk, they instead moved in with Maria's mom and dad who also lived in Westfield. Little peek behind the curtain. Maria had, in fact, grown up in Westfield. They had strong family roots down in the city. So all this time, the Broadduses were paying a mortgage and hefty property taxes on the home at 657 Boulevard, even though the house sat unoccupied. Well, they finally decided to sell the home and listed it in February of 2015. Finding a buyer was tough, though, because there was lots of gossip about the watcher letters and Derek and Maria, well, they didn't really feel comfortable letting someone buy the house without disclosing the letters, even against the advice of their own realtor.
0: But clearly, disclosure of a creepy stalker watching the house was important to Derek and Maria, and they felt John and Andrea Woods should have disclosed the letter they received. So on June 2nd, 2015, Derek and Maria filed a lawsuit against the Woodses, saying that John and Andrea should have disclosed the letter they received. There you go. The suit argued that the Woodses disclosed that water sometimes got into the basement, and the letter from the watcher was really no different. Which I guess is true, probably on multiple levels, if you think about it enough. (laughs) <laughs> but don't worry bunkfunkers. I don't think about anything too much so I won't get into it <laughs> uh, ultimately though the lawsuit was dismissed in 2017 with the judge ruling that the case might set an unreasonable precedent for what sellers must disclose to potential buyers back in 2015 though the lawsuit story got picked up by a local reporter uh, the creepy tale of the watcher went viral and eventually the story ended up on my favorite news show today Remember when Mr. Bunker kidnapped me from the set of the Today Show by impersonating Carson Daly? I remember. Okay, I remember. Anyway, the news coverage of the suit was the first time the people of Westfield at large were made aware of the watcher. Naturally, the creepy nature of the letters caused a bit of a panic in Westfield, a city considered so safe by so many residents. Mayor Andy Skabitsky addressed Westfield's residents at the first town council meeting after the letters were made public. The mayor tried to calm fears by pointing out that the watcher hadn't written anyone in a year and that Westfield police had done an, quote, exhaustive, end quote, investigation, despite not being able to solve the case. The thing is, the neighbors of 657 Boulevard found it pretty strange to call the investigation exhaustive because almost nobody in the neighborhood was talked to by the police about the watcher. With the media following the story and the locals restless, the town of Westfield turned to veteran Westfield police detective, Baron Chambliss, to investigate. What a great incredible,
1: name. Incredible name, Andy. It is indeed a great name. And uh, while rugged, manly detective Baron Chambliss got, into, got to work, Derek and Maria, uh, again, started up their personal investigative efforts. They took time one afternoon to walk around the block to show neighbors a picture of the watcher's handwriting on the envelopes, hoping someone you know, would recognize the writing. Nobody did. But one old man who lived behind 657 Boulevard said the Watcher sounded like him. Uh, not sure in what way he meant that, but uh, hey, maybe somebody should have kept an eye on this guy. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just one dumbass pig boy, uh, Who, you know, his opinion. But, uh, you know, what do I know?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, uh, why would he say something like that after hearing about what the
0: Watcher did, huh? Why yeah. would he say that? <laughs> yeah, that's like... Uh, <laughs> like, hearing about a murder and being like, well, I didn't commit that crime, but man, if I would have, I would have done the same thing. Boy, you know,
1: I really like this guy's work. It seems like something I could uh, definitely get behind and do yeah, myself. Yeah,
0: I mean, motive, <laughs> method, everything definitely sounds like me. <laughs> but I didn't do it. If I did do it, I, you know, if I did do it. Yeah, if I did do it.
1: Now, uh, you know, uh, anywho... <laughs> Across the street from 657 lived the CEO of risk c- consulting and security firm Kroll. Uh, Nick Kroll's dad. Yes? Of the Kroll family? I don't know. I think so. Possibly. Check in on that, somebody. Bunkfunkers, let us know. Uh, this connection led the Broaddus's uh, to, uh, to have Kroll look for matches to the Watchers' handwriting. They did not find a match. Derek and Maria hired founding member of Shanana and respected forensic linguist Robert Leonard to analyze the language used by The Watcher. Leonard did not find a match after pursuing local internet forums for Watcher-esque posts. Leonard did think The Watcher might have been a Game of Thrones fan in that the name, quote, The Watcher, might be a reference to the Night's Watch, The Watchers on the Wall. Watchers on the Wall, also uh, the name of the fourth season finale episode of Game of Thrones. That was back when
0: people still felt goodwill towards the series. Remember that, Andy? No, I do. Uh, And uh, quick, quick update here. Art's correct. Wow. Nick Kroll's father, the founder of Kroll, the company here. Look at that. Little factoid for you. Little factoid. Um, Well, Art, nobody felt goodwill. We remember goodwill toward Game of Thrones. Nobody felt goodwill toward the Westfield Watcher, especially not Derek Broaddus. Derek and a friend cooked up a little scheme whereby this friend who worked in technology could get Derek in touch with a hacker who would try to break into Wi-Fi networks in the neighborhood of 657 Boulevard to try to find any documents of interest to the Watcher case. Now, actually, as it turns out, Hacking people's Wi Fi and stealing their personal documents is actually fairly illegal. Who would have thought? I know. It also turned out to be, it also turned out that pulling it off was harder than they thought. Who would have thought? So they didn't do it after all. Uh, And these guys have my kind of work ethic.
1: Uh
0: I mean, I'll just be uh, straight up. (laughs) Look, I didn't hatch a scheme to break into people's Wi Fi and steal stuff, but if I did, this is how I would do it too. (laughs) Realize it's illegal and hard, give up. (laughs) Step four profit. (laughs) Um, as for the as for likely pipe smoker detective baron chambliss he also kept investigating unfortunately it had been so long since anyone had heard from the watcher the case had kind of gone cold one thing baron chambliss did find out is that westfield police missed what seems like an important clue about the time that derek and maria got their first letter from the watcher another house on boulevard also got a letter from the watcher how, exhaust, how the exhaustive investigation missed this, we'll never know. But what Baron Chambliss learned is that the family who received the letter had lived in their house for a while and had grown children. So, like John and Andrea Woods, they threw their letter in the trash. Once police did finally talk to them, the family confirmed the letter they received was like the letter the Broaddus family got. While this might seem like a big break in the case, it actually only made things more confusing. Maybe the watcher wasn't just fixated on one house, What the heck is going on with this peeping Tom of a pen pal?
1: Nobody knew, Andy. The Watcher had seemingly disappeared as mysteriously as they had appeared in the first place. But life had to go on for the Broaddus family, and uh, Derek wanted to leave Westfield altogether, get the fuck out of town, but Maria had roots in town and didn't want to make their kids move. So two years after getting that first creepy letter, they bought another house in Westfield using money borrowed from their family and buying the house through an LLC, to maximize anonymity. In the spring of 2016, they put 657 Boulevard up for sale again. They had a few interested buyers, but all of them backed out after reading the watcher's letters. Since they couldn't find anyone willing to go through the final sale, the broadest's attorney suggested that they actually just sell the house to a developer. The developer could tear down the, the existing house, split the lot in two, and then build two homes. Step three, profit. go. There was only one problem with this idea. In order to do all of this, the Westfield Planning Board would have to grant an exception. For you see, dear bunkfunkers, the resulting two lots would be 67.4 and 67.6 feet wide, respectively. The maximum lot width in town is 70 feet. Oh, we should say minimum lot width. The minimum. Sorry, These I can't lots read. It's too small. Not the maximum, the minimum. You gotta have, you gotta hit 70. 70. Now, because Westfield is, well, Westfield, when the plan was announced publicly, Westfield related internet sites and Facebook groups went wild. Now, to tell you more about the God have mercy on us all planning board drama, here's someone who cares way more about this type of stuff than any person could or should. Andy! Oh, thanks, Art.
0: This is what I live for, baby. I'm a miserable person. (laughs) God. Uh, anyway. <laughs> the planning board met in January 2017 to decide on the Broadus's proposal. The board expected some robust discussion and accordingly scheduled three hours for the hearing. Well, over 100 people showed up, and the whole thing ended up lasting more than four hours. The planning board opened its session by discussing a proposal by a Wells Fargo branch to use brighter-than-allowed light bulbs, which... Let's be honest, is kind of bullshit. Nobody else in the town is using light bulbs that bright, Wells Fargo. Why is your branch so dim? Put some freaking windows in. Natural light, baby, come on. I'm so fucking sick. A big light bulb coming into our towns and trying to blind us with these bright bulbs. It's bullshit. Now, as if that weren't heated enough, the intensity really ratcheted up when the discussion turned to 657 Boulevard. This was your classic neighbor versus neighbor community meeting fighting. The type of hearing where people ignore the fact that they have to live in close proximity to these people and really take fat hate dumps on each other, uh, <laughs> on other people in the neighborhood. You love to see it. It's great. One Westfield resident who lived across the street from 657 Boulevard and who also had a kid in the same class as one of the broadest kids even hired an attorney to come to the meeting to fight the Broadus's application. But the broadest has brought their own attorney, James Forrest, to argue on their behalf. James Forrest is pretty slick, too. He told the crowd, in what I can only imagine was a southern drawl, all while he was gripping his suspenders and wiping the, bra- the sweat from his brow with a handkerchief. Uh, Forrest told the crowd, uh, the following is a dramatization which may not have happened, The exemption requested by Derek and Maria is as narrow as this here easel that I'm using. And on that there easel is a map that shows other lots in the neighborhood. Now, if y'all will notice, the lots on this map are likewise smaller than Westfield's mandated size. Now, I may just be a small-town country New Jersey lawyer, but I do have a bit of horse sense. And I can tell y'all this exemption ain't unusual, and y'all should approve this here application. But 657's neighbors were not swayed by this fancy bit of lawyering. No, no. The neighbors countered that the broadest proposal might mean some trees would have to be cut down. They also pointed out that the houses built on the two resulting lots would have ugly-ass front-facing garages. A garage that faces the street? Fuck off with that shit. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Now, these were powerful arguments, to be sure, but James Forrest was ready with a nuclear option. The planning board could consent to allowing the family to split the lot or they would turn 657 Boulevard into a halfway house. And we all know there's nothing scarier than people trying to get their lives back on track. Yikes. No thanks. Look, I know this retelling is great. Uh, I mean, objectively, I'm doing an incredible job. Uh but we know you we know you bunkfunkers. You want to hear from these neighbors in their own words. So here we go. One neighbor across the street, Glenn Dumont, said if the planning board approved the plan, it, quote, would spell the end of the 600 block of Boulevard as we know it, end quote. Ooh, Glenn Dumont, you apocalyptic little scamp. (laughs) Chasm's going to open up in the street and swallow (laughs) the whole neighborhood. Another neighbor said, quote, our neighborhoods are constantly under attack from turf, lights, parking decks, you name it. If we can't make a stand on Boulevard, where can we, end quote. My God, this house, 657 Boulevard, was this neighbor's Waterloo. And no less than Abby Langford, daughter of Peggy Langford and next door neighbor to 657 Boulevard, spoke up at the meeting. She told the assembly that she'd, quote, spent almost 60 years looking at a magnificent, beautiful house, end quote, and didn't, quote, want to be looking out at a driveway, end quote. But perhaps the most powerful testimony of the night came from neighbor Tom Higgins. He said, quote, putting up two houses there is going to stick out like an old client of mine in Texas told me. It's going to stick out like a dog's balls. <laughs> End quote. Hoo-wee! Tom Higgins isn't dog dicking around here. Now, after all of these compelling arguments, the planning board finally at 1130 p.m. Oh, unanimously God. rejected the Broadus's application. The family appealed the decision which was later denied. Wow. My
1: heart is really racing after that thrilling retelling. Oh,
0: yeah, mine too.
1: (laughs) Uh, Andy, you also seem to be sweating a lot. Are are you okay?
0: Oh, I'm fine. I'm just a little worked up. I've got all the telltale signs of excitement. (laughs) Increased pulse, profuse sweating, difficulty breathing, a tingling sensation on the right side of my body. I just get so excited. It feels like a sumo wrestler sitting on my chest, you know?
1: (laughs) Uh, 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 Hmm. Yeah, you'll probably be fine. Whatever. Anyway, uh, (laughs) the planning board uh, decision was a blow to the Broadus family. I mean, they were still stuck with this damn house, but they did eventually catch a break. They found a family to rent out 657 Boulevard. The family did not have young children and also had a couple of large dogs. They weren't scared of nothing. Except the Watchers, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> they had a clause in their lease allowing them to break the lease if they got a letter from the Watcher. Which they received two weeks later. <laughs>
0: right on cue. Christ
1: almighty. <laughs> this letter came pretty much out of the blue. The Watcher hadn't been heard from in quite a while. And uh, this letter arrives right after the renters move in. Pretty mm, sus. I think the watcher might be among us. (laughs) Interestingly, maybe the letter was dated February 13th, which is the same date Derek and Maria gave depositions in their suit against John and Andrea Woods. This letter had similar elements to the others, like the salutation having the weather report on it. This letter though, um, was a little bit more uh, aggressive. (laughs) You tell us bunkfunkers. Here's what it said. Violent winds and bitter cold to the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria. You wonder who the Watcher is. Turn around, idiots. Maybe you even spoke to me, one of the so-called neighbors, who has no idea who the Watcher could be. Or maybe you do know and are too scared to tell anyone. Good move. There's a little sassy in that one. Sassy. the watcher also indicated that they had been keeping tabs on the media coverage about 657 boulevard here's what they said i walked by the news trucks when they took over my neighborhood and mocked me i watched as you watched from the dark house in attempt to find me telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions they are yeah i mean i can't argue with that point
0: that's a good point
1: Thank you, Hans Lippershey
0: and Ignacio Porro. Poro, Yes. Thanks to you both. <laughs> Great job on being the first to patent those. Uh, those wonderful inventions. Those inventions. Uh, and now back to the Watcher. In this latest letter, the Watcher takes credit for the planning board decision saying 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the Boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders.
1: All hail
0: the watcher. But that was, and three exclamation points. Um, all right. Come on now. Yeah. I'm here for the creepy threats and stalking and all that, but all hail the watcher with three exclamation points. Frankly, the watcher, you're losing me a little bit with that. A little bit like Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you went from season four to season eight real fast oh, here. Yeah. Um, after this weird masturbatory exclamation, the watcher goes on to threaten, uh, well, a lot of stuff. Maybe a car accident. Maybe a fire. Maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash. Bones break. You are despised by the house. And the Watcher won. As it turns out, the renters living at 657 Boulevard decided to stay, even after receiving this letter. I mean, the letter wasn't addressed to them, so why not? Uh, Derek did bring the letter to the Westfield Police... But the new letter still didn't yield enough evidence to really advance the investigation. Now, since the time of that letter, the Watcher
1: has become something of a local legend in New Jersey. In fact, according to Thrillist in October of 2018, the Watcher actually passed the New Jersey or the Jersey Devil as New Jersey's number one urban legend. The Watcher
0: was right. The Watcher won. The Watcher won. That's big. in that very scientific Thrillist poll from 2018. <laughs> a very accurate poll. Then on July 1st,
1: 2019, more than five years after closing on 657 Boulevard, Derek and Maria were finally able to sell that damn house. It sold for just over $959,000, which was less than their asking price of $999,000 and much less than the 1.3 million, it's million with an M, dollars, dollars that they paid to buy the home in 2016. Regardless, um, congrats to the new owners, Andrew and Alyssa Carr. I guess they should change their names to Andra and Alyssa House now. Anyway. (laughs) And hey, maybe Derek and Maria will finally uh, financially recover from this. I mean, after all, they sold the movie rights to their story to Netflix. Deadline reported the Broadduses made a deal worth seven
0: figures. For the rights. (laughs) Cha-ching! Oh, baby. Uh, An ending to a story, perhaps. But it's not really an ending of this story. After all, this is a mystery, Bunkfunkers. We need to figure out who (laughs) done it. We need to uncover the identity of the Watcher. First, let's talk about the house itself. 657 Boulevard in Westfield. That's where it all began. So the Boulevard is home to some of the better houses in Westfield. This is a desirable area to live in town and 657 was one of the nicer homes in the immediate area when john and andrea woods put the house on the market they got multiple offers which were more than their asking price people really wanted to live there Derek and maria speculated that the watcher could be one of those potential buyers who missed out on owning the home which makes sense in a very scooby-doo sort of way just dress up like a creepy stalker and run off the family then suddenly the house is yours again the only problem with this very cartoonable idea is that the Woods has cited legitimate reasons for other potential buyers not to hold a grudge. One would-be buyer had a health, health scare and stopped pursuing the home, and another found a different house. So it doesn't seem like there was anybody in the mix to buy the home who could be the villain inside the watcher costume. Andrea Woods suggested that it could be someone in the neighborhood, considering all the detail the person had. And frankly,
1: the letters seem like they were written by somebody local. The letters were processed by the United States Postal Service facility in uh, Kearney, uh, New Jersey, which is the UPS's northern New Jersey, USPS, excuse me, uh, northern New Jersey distribution site. If you send a letter from somewhere in North Jersey, which is where Westfield is, that letter has to go through Kearney. Also, the first letter was postmarked June 4th of 2014, which was before the sale of 657 Boulevard was publicly known. John and Andrea Woods had never even put up a for-sale sign. June 4th was also only a day after contractors came to the home to begin their renovations. Now, and the renovations that the Broadduses were doing were honestly mostly on the inside of the house. Neighbors reported that the work didn't really cause much of a disturbance, so it's not like there was loud, obnoxious construction going on at the house. Additionally, when the Broadduses showed Detective Lugo around the house, they pointed out Uh, where the easel was on the porch, uh, and it could not be seen from the street. If you recall, the watcher mentioned specifically seeing one of the broadest children painting at the easel. To get a good view of where the easel was, the Broaddus' felt somebody would have to be behind the house or next
0: door. Oh, next door? Just like the Langford family? da 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 Uh, Anyway, the Langford residence uh, was next to where the easel was on the front porch uh, porch, and afforded the Langfords a good vantage point from which they could have seen the broadest child painting. The Langford clan also had lived at their address since the 1960s. It's also worth noting that the Langfords were the only neighbors who had been in the neighborhood that long. This is important because the Watcher said in their letters that their father, the Watcher Sr., began watching 657 Boulevard in the 60s. The patriarch of the Langford clan, Richard Langford, lost the ability to continue being alive in 2002, 12 years before the Broaddasses purchased 657 Boulevard. According to the Watcher, they had been observing the home for, quote, the better part of two decades, end quote, after taking over for their father. Westfield police also suspected the Langfords. Derek and Maria first mentioned the Langfords to Detective Lugo in connection with the second Watcher letter, which is the letter that brought up the easel. Detective Lugo told Derek and Maria that he already suspected one of the Langford children, Michael Langford. You remember Michael, he's the Boo Radley type. Anyway, Michael Langford has been, had been brought into Westfield Police Headquarters for questioning only a week after the first watcher letter, first watcher letter arrived, before the easel letter was even sent. During the interview, Michael Langford claimed no knowledge of the letters. Lugo did note that some of what Michael said during questioning lined up with things in the letters. According to Michael's brother, Sandy Langford, Michael was diagnosed as schizophrenic in his youth. He was known to be a bit eccentric, walking through neighbors' yards and peeking into the windows of homes being renovated. Sure, this is maybe a bit weird, but most people on the block thought he was just doing kind and neighborly things, but in an odd way. Regardless, Detective Lugo assured Derek and Maria that his conversation with Michael had been effective and they shouldn't expect more letters. Hmm. I guess that wasn't totally accurate. Not exactly. Nevertheless,
1: Derek and Maria worked with the Westfield police to send a letter to the Langfords, which announced some phony plans to demolish 657 Boulevard. They were just trolling, hoping to get a reaction. But it didn't work. The Langfords weren't biting, and the watcher kept sending letters. Detective Lugo decided to get Michael Langford down to the station again for another round of questioning. As with before, this didn't really accomplish much. But it did get Michael's sister, Abby Langford, to accuse Westfield police of harassing the family. Now, the Broaddus family ended up hiring an attorney, Lee Levitt, to meet with the members of the Langford family and their attorney. Levitt showed them the watchers' letters and some photos to support that the Langford house was one of the very few number of houses with line of sight to the easel. According to Levitt, this meeting got heated. And the Langfords reiterated that Michael was not the Watcher. And maybe they were right. I've never seen a picture of Baron Chambliss, but I feel pretty confident describing him as heavily mustachioed. Mm -hmm.
0: Thick. thick Regal mustache.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Upper lip comb. Yeah. Uh, Heavily mustachioed detective Baron Chambliss found something interesting during his investigation. Apparently, the Westfield police had done some analysis on DNA taken from one of the watcher's envelopes. The analysis determined
0: the DNA came from a woman. Needless to say, this turned the Michael Langford hypothesis on its ear. The revelation made Baron Chambliss take a closer look at Abby Langford. No, not like that, funkers. Bunk Get your minds out of the gutter. You're starting to act like me, you degenerates. Disgusting. Gross. Acting like me. No, no, no. This was purely investigative in nature. Abby Langford worked as a real estate agent at the time and also worked at a Lord & Taylor store. Baron Chambliss worked with a security guard at Lord & Taylor who snatched Abby's water bottle one day while she was working. Okay. Yeah, spunk bunkers. That part's weird. Uh, but stick with us here. The police tested the DNA on the bottle to see if it was a match to the envelope. It was not. Then, a little bit after this happened, the Broadduses were told by the prosecutor that the Langford family had been ruled out as suspects in the Watcher case. The prosecutor's office did not provide any details regarding why that was true. The Broadduses suspected that the move might have been to avoid more media coverage, as Derek and Maria had recently told the prosecutor they were planning to file a civil lawsuit against the Langford family. Now, whatever the reason, this was a big setback for GigaChad. Chad. De-
1: uh, Detective Baron Chambliss. <laughs> the, Langwards, the Langfords were prime suspects, so Westfield police had to go back to the drawing board. They uh, asked Andrea Woods to provide a DNA sample, and they also questioned the Woods' son, who was 21 at the time. He was also pretty shocked to find out that he was a suspect. Unfortunately, neither of these actions solved the case. So Baron Chambliss did the only thing he could. He got into the back of a van with his partner, and they staked out the joint. Classic. They parked on the boulevard and kept tabs on 657 through binoculars. Around 11 o'clock that night, a car stopped in front of 657 and lingered for enough time to get Baron Chambliss riled up. He traced the car to a woman who lived in a town nearby and who had a boyfriend that lived in the same block as 657 Boulevard. According to Baron Chambliss, the woman told him her boyfriend played, quote, some really dark video games, end quote. You should just turn up the gamma if you can't fucking see on the dark <laughs> video games. Baron Chambliss remembered the woman telling him that. Uh, in one of the games, you play as a character called The Watcher. At this time, the gamer was not living in Westfield. This gamer was not living in Westfield. Baron Chambliss got in touch with him. No, bunk bunkers, not like that. Oh Baron Chambliss contacted the gamer. Jeez Louise. Now... Gamer Boyfriend agreed to be interviewed two separate times, but never showed up for either interview. The police didn't have enough evidence to make him come in for questioning. So, with media scrutiny evaporating, Baron Chambliss quit working the case. Now, while this might seem like a missed opportunity, a male suspect doesn't match with the DNA. To be fair, Baron Chambliss believed the girlfriend he interviewed, or someone else, could
0: have helped this dark gamer with his letters. As we've already mentioned, while Westfield police were failing to solve this mystery, Derek and Maria were carrying out their own investigation. Derek created a map which marked lines of sight for the easel and had an area marked for which houses could have heard Maria yelling their children's names. Not that many homes fit all these criteria. So in the broadest's minds, the watcher was one of only a few people in the area. Derek and Maria had hired painter Bill Woodward to help in the renovations at 657 Boulevard. While working at the house, Woodward found it strange that the couple who lived behind 657 had lawn chairs pretty close to the property line. Woodward said, quote, One day I was looking out the window and I saw this older guy sitting in one of the chairs. He wasn't facing his house. He was facing the Broaddus's, End quote. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Seems a little odd. And as it turns out, the couple had lived in the house for 47 years. Additionally, one of the couple's children was married to a man who grew up in 657 Boulevard. After scouring the neighborhood, both the Broaddus family and the police had come up with plenty of potential suspects, but the mystery remains unsolved. Perhaps the police and the Broaddus's has missed an important suspect, though. An anonymous poster on the internet suggested that the watcher is or was a high school teacher who used to brag during class about writing notes to a house in Westfield they liked. But maybe this isn't even, even real. Another poster named Peter said they had this teacher in school and the teacher never mentioned their personal life, especially not about writing letters.
1: There are those people who don't believe the Watcher was a neighbor at all. There are some people who think the Watcher is actually Derek and Maria Broadus. Some folks in Westfield pointed out in that in just a matter of 10 short years, the Broadus's, uh went from a $315,000 home to a $770,000 home, finally to 657 Boulevard, which they bought for $1.3 million. But Derek was ready with a a response to these types of concerns. How does someone go from a $300,000 house to a $1.3 million house in 10 years? It's America! And bunkfunkers, he's right.
0: It is, in fact, America. Yeah, you couldn't do this in (laughs) ass-beatenstein. You get your ass
1: beat. (laughs) Still, others felt that upgrading homes so frequently maybe put Derek and Maria in over their heads at 657 Boulevard. Locals speculated that Derek and Maria had buyer's remorse or maybe figured out they couldn't actually afford the house. Whatever the case, they believed the letters were sent by Derek and Maria so they could get out of owning 657 Boulevard. Of course, Other folks think the Broadduses faked the letters to justify a lawsuit against the Woodses to bilk the former owners out of their quiche. That's, you know, classic us phrase, bilk the former owners out of their quiche. (laughs) Did you mean milk? No, bilk. Oh, bilk. It's an actual word? Yeah. Now, a Boulevard neighbor wrote to a local newspaper to say that, quote, an elaborate scheme is underway to defraud the Woods family for millions of dollars, end quote. And perhaps the local media itself was in on the Broadest hate train. The Westfield uh, leader uh, ran a story after the watcher's letters were made public in which they quoted neighbors anonymously questioning why the Broaduses kept renovating a home they weren't going to move into or why they did any renovations at all. The Westfield leader also questioned how seriously Maria took the safety of her family. The paper pointed out that Maria had a public Facebook profile with a picture of her children. Aside from this hard-hitting, victim-blaming journalism, the paper also pointed out that Maria's DNA was tested and was not a match to the DNA on the envelopes. But there are still more hypotheses about why the Broadduses did this. Maybe Derek was trying to work out some kind of insurance fraud. He works for an insurance company, don't you know? I do know that. Maybe they pulled this off just to be able to split their lot into two smaller lots. One neighbor said, quote, out of this whole scam artist story, there ends up being nothing more disturbing than this move, end quote. Yeah. Hard to argue with that.
0: Two lots is way more disturbing than a stalker. I mean, whoa. oh, man. Good Lord. I would take any person following me and, you know, staking out my home over Seeing one piece of property split into two pieces of property Whew. <laughs> gives me chills. <laughs> Do the Broaddus' does their
1: fucking greed have no jurisdiction. My skin is crawling. And of course, some people find, uh, figured the Broaddus' were just doing this whole thing just to have a good story to sell. I mean, movie makers were certainly interested. The Broaddus, the whole Broadus family had multiple offers to sell the rides to the story before and turned them down. The Lifetime channel got so fucking horny For this story that they went and made their own movie based on the Broaddus story without buying the rights. The creatively titled movie The Watcher (laughs) earned Lifetime a cease and desist letter from Derek and Maria. Now, Lifetime argued they didn't rip off the Broadduses story because the couple in their movie was biracial and that the letters were signed by, quote, the Raven. Another Game of Thrones reference? (laughs) Another Game of Thrones reference. (laughs) All that said, as we already mentioned, the Broadduses eventually did
0: ink a deal with Netflix for the rights to The Watcher story. Then on Christmas Eve 2017, several families in Westfield received letters in their mailboxes. These letters had been hand-delivered to some people who were outspoken in their criticism of Derek and Maria Broaddus. The letters reportedly accused the recipients of spreading lies about the Broadduses. It also had anecdotes about ignored or unnoticed signs of mental illness in relation to acts of domestic terrorism. The letters were signed, Friends of the Broadus Family. Someone who got one of these letters said the language was similar to the language used by the watcher. Well, as it turns out, these letters were typed and delivered by none other than Derek Broadus. That's right, Bunkfunkers. Derek admitted to crafting and circulating these letters. But he also admitted that these were the only anonymous letters he's ever written. And come on, bunk-funkies, you can twist your old pal, (laughs) dear
1: Night gathers, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall take no wife, hold no lands, and father no children. I shall wear no crowns and win no glory. I shall live and let die at my post. I am the sword in the darkness. I am the watcher on the walls." Or in the shield that guards the realms of men, I pledge my life and honor to the Night's Watch for this night and all the nights to come. I don't want it. I don't want it. I fucking love her. I don't want it. She's my queen. <laughs> <laughs> that, bunkfunkers, is the oath of the Night's Watch. The Guardians of the Realms of the Seven Kingdoms in George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. But it might also have been the oath of some <laughs> fucking weirdo in New Jersey. <laughs> the Watcher is a mystery as unsolved as it is creepy. I mean, for all we know, The Watcher is still out there stalking northern New Jersey and writing distressing letters. So if you ever find yourselves in Westfield, keep your heads on a swivel, Bunkfunkers, for you never know what might be lurking in the suburban darkness. Maybe you're in your new home on your tree-lined street and you're turning off the lights ready to go to sleep. You switch off the light in your front room and there looking back at you from the street through your window is the whole enchilada. <laughs>
0: hey I'm watching you.
1: Mister Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast will be right back after this brief message.
0: It sure is. Chilly outside, Art. Andy, where's your jacket? Art, did you hear me? The wind chill is 30 below. Andy, I think you have hypothermia! You know, Art with the horrific chilly weather outside. The only thing that'll warm me up is listening to Andy and Art debunked, available only on Patreon.com/slash MrBunkerpod.
1: Are you seriously shilling our Patreon right now?
0: Oh, Art. Laughing at the antics of Andy and Art is all the warmth I need. And for just $5 a month, I get access to all the episodes of the show, behind-the-scenes updates, sneak peeks at episodes, and I can chat with Andy and Art on the Bunker Discord. Andy, we need to get you to a hospital. We need to get me to patreon.com slash mrbunkerpod. It's so chilly. Oh, God. I'm chilled to the bone. <laughs>
1: Welcome back, Bunk Funkers. That was our research of the Watcher of Westfield.
0: Boy, oh boy. um, Boy, oh boy. Art, this is like probably the worst um case for... Like, this is the combination of the two worst things for us, right? Yeah, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... A creep. Yeah, New Jersey and a creep. The two worst things. Sorry, bunk bunkers.
1: I'm having a banana bread muffin. Um, I got that. That story was so creepy.
0: It made me hungry. It made. Yeah. And we've been baking all week in the bunker. Um, Let me tell you how I feel about this story. Yeah.
1: Here's this topic. I don't what am going to say about this topic? <laughs> Fuck this topic. <laughs> Fuck it into the ground. Okay. Bury it in the ground. Yeah. Till the fucking soil. Pour some water on it. Let the sunlight hit it, give it some fresh air, let it grow, harvest the crop, take the crop down to the mill, have it turned into a powder, snort it, shit it out, flush it down the toilet. That's what I think about this story. (laughs) Wow. That's how I feel. Yeah. You hate it. This is creepy. It's very creepy. This is horrible. It's very creepy. I mean, I'm of the assumption that that this, I guess, yeah, I don't want to... Show my hand, but I don't necessarily think the, the broadest did it. Sure. Maybe.
0: Yeah.
1: Regardless, if this happened, like the, the thought of this happening to a family is horrific. Yeah. Traumatizing. Yeah. This is, this is going be a happy moment. You're buying a new house. The whole family, they're all excited. You're moving the kids in this big new house. Beautiful house. Look it up online. It's a beautiful home. Beautiful house. Beautiful house. Big, big, beautiful house. A big, beautiful street in a nice neighborhood. This should be a happy moment for everybody. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, you like, guys bringing your kids into it, Andy? Come on!
0: Yeah, and and like weird, weirdly very specific about them. I mean, you know, it's that kind of information that it's like you would have no way of knowing it unless you're, you know, around. Yeah. Um, I can see why John and Andrea Woods threw their letter away. They were going to move. They're probably like,
1: this what do you is think of that weird. lawsuit?
0: Um, you think they should have been, should have forced to disclose this information. I, it's hard. I don't know how the law works. I, I, you know, I, I guess the way I feel about it is I don't know that they should necessarily have had to, you know what I mean? Like you won't have to disclose every piece of mail that comes to the house. Like, some, maybe somebody could argue that. Like, that might be the judge's point, that somebody could argue that, oh, you know, you have to, like, disclose, like, oh, anytime you get some kind of weird piece of mail. I don't know. I guess it's, like, depends on what their letter said. You know? So lawyerly of you. Yeah. Yeah, well. I'm playing devil's advocate here. That's what you do. That's what I do. I'm good That's at what you it. you do best. Um. No, I think... Uh, it's like if their letter was kind of similar to that first one, it's weird, yeah. but it's not as it's not very threatening.
1: No, until they start bringing their family and their kids into it, literally saying, like, I'm going to fucking
0: like, where are your kids going to sleep? Like, yeah, are, will they go in the basement? That's, I mean, this has got to have your skin crawling. You hate this. Oh, stuff. my God. I, I'm as I'm reading this, that note, especially about the basement, it's like, well, nobody's ever going in the basement again. <laughs> the basement's off limits. This is creepy. And I guess it's like what, I mean. This is you horrible. Know, you know, some basements have windows. You know, it's like there's a little window at the top of the, the ceiling on the basement. Right. If this is one of those kinds of basements, like somebody could get in the basement. Yeah. The basement's not sealed off. No. Uh, I mean, it does have my skin crawling. Yeah. And that's, I I hate the Watcher. Yeah, frankly. Oh yeah. And the thing is I feel like the watcher again might be showing my hand a little bit here, but I feel like the watcher is not a a person trying to harm the family though. Okay? I feel like this is this is like this is uh being an annoying neighbor at like the turned up to 11. Really? Where it's like, oh, this house used to be so nice. I can't believe that you'd come in and renovate all these historic features of the house. Hmm. One of these, you know, one of these people up their own ass about what other people are doing in their houses. It's like, just shut up. You know, (sighs) shut the fuck up. You have a house, do whatever you want in there. Nobody's bothering you. (laughs) And you got to write all these fucking creepy letters. I don't blame him for not moving in. I wouldn't move in either. Fuck that. <laughs> but this asshole, you know, I would like. I would. I don't know. I would do something like. I would be like, okay, we're gonna like put a big. We're gonna paint a huge dick on the side of it or something to like. Or I'm gonna like smash windows and not ever like. Fix You're gonna them. escalate the situation. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking torture this house because of this <laughs> asshole. I mean. <laughs> It would would make my blood boil. Like you can hear it at the the planning board meeting. Oh, you love that stuff. Oh, my God. You're all
1: about that. Fuck
0: these people in Westfield. Unbelievable. If anybody from Westfield is listening, fuck you. (laughs) You shithead. (laughs) Woo.
1: You assholes. The tables have turned, bunk bunkers. We got Andy riled up.
0: Westfield, We're unleashing the real beast. Westfield is a homeowners association pretending to be a town. Wow. Fucking throwing down the gauntlet on Westfield. I mean, like, I get why they might be like, oh, don't split it into two. I mean, and I guess it's their town. If they want it to run like a fucking... Circus. Like a homeowners association, then I guess have at it, but... There's no place I'd want to move. I will tell you that much. These are a lot of probably uh, a lot of people with a lot of time on their hands. That's why yeah, everybody's yeah. talking about the young blood. Yeah, too much time on their hands. Like, get a hobby other than sticking your nose into other people's business, dude. I cannot. I could never see myself in a neighborhood like that. I would be gossipy like, motherfuckers. Fuck
1: this, dude. Yeah, fucking leave me alone. Just shut up already. <laughs> I live prox- in proximity to you. I'm not your fucking friend. Yeah. <laughs> I don't fucking like you. I don't know you. Yeah. I mean, we'll be courteous to one another, but fuck. Leave
0: me alone. Yeah. I don't have to. It doesn't have to be more than that. And you sure as hell shouldn't give a shit about what I'm doing inside my house. Especially when it's not, like, illegal. (laughs) Yeah. Have you saw me hacking away at, like, deceased corpses with a chainsaw then? Sure. Sure. Raise a stink. Yeah. But inside my own home, that's all I'm doing is running a human
1: dog kennel and a human westminster dog club <laughs> to okay. my knowledge none of and these are of those... these are consenting adult humans who want to be treated like dogs and want to be trained on how to win the westminster dog show but as a human the first human to ever do it and i will win it nothing nothing illegal about that i'm taking these humans i'm running them up the little thing i'm taking them through the poles they have to zigzag yeah. they have to jump over the hardest one is the tunnel that's yeah. They try to go through that tunnel they get stuck tunnels are yeah. small Tunnels are designed more for the dogs than for the humans. I have a border collie named Sparky who is just so much better. Just yeah. absolutely fucking runs circles around these humans. But these are consenting adults, and I don't want my fucking neighbors spying on me. Shia LaBeouf, Disturbia
0: style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's bullshit. Um, I don't, I mean. Good Lord. I'm very careful at night to shut my blinds. I don't want somebody accidentally sneaking in when I, you know, like peeking peek in my window. You turn the light on and people can see what's going on from outside. I
1: know. I used to live, you know, I lived in a certain neighborhood in the city where, you know, I mean, and you, like some of these, um, you'll have like big, not big apartments, but they're like apartments. They're usually like three or four high. And then the, on the other corner will be another apartment, three or four high. And like so many people just leave their fucking things open. You can just watch people. Yeah. You just see what's what they're doing in their little... I used to live in a big old high rise too. And... Um, you could just it was across the street from another big old high rise, and you could just so many people like you could just sit there in the dark and just watch people, yeah. Just they would just leave their shit open all day long,
0: yeah. Everything's lights are on, but the windows aren't covered, so you can just see right in. I know it's crazy, yeah. Um, I don't think so. Obviously, somebody's doing this to this house, yeah. I mean.
1: I don't know. It's it's wild. It's got to be either a neighbor. I mean, I can't decide whether it's a neighbor or a violent video game gamer, dark dark video game gamer, um, lady. Where it's like you're having somebody drive by and like you can of hear it and yeah. Let's. Like that. I don't know.
0: Let me let me address the 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 uh big suspect gamer BF. Oh, okay. Uh, for a for a second. Yeah. Um, not to slander Baron Chambliss's good name, but I kind of feel like this is sort of a boomer take on video games. For sure. Like the fact that, oh, this guy's a gamer, like, oh, well, he's a weirdo then. He's a weirdo who would write letters to some, like, clearly he's got mental problems because he's a gamer.
1: You're telling me, listen, my name is Baron Chambliss. You're telling me that this, this skinny little fuck, this creep sits there until two in the morning with a bunch of his old college friends. And they, they play a game where they play a little, a Nordic guy and they run around and craft stuff. What's it called? Valheem. I don't even know what the fuck that is. This guy's a creep. (laughs) Fucking lock this guy up.
0: Lock him up. He's too weird. I got probable cause to bust his ass. Um,
1: So I think it's kind of a boomer take. God, us gamers are fucking persecuted, man. When will people leave us fucking gamers? Come on, gamers. Gamers rise up. Gamers rise up, baby. Come on, we're persecuted. (laughs) People hate us gamers.
0: (laughs) Thank you, kind stranger, for the Reddit gold. Nobody's got it worse than gamers. Why can't you be racist in games anymore? (laughs) God, come on, gamers. Let's get our Mountain Dew together and game. Let's get ready to game. Gamers are supposed to be a world of fantasy. I have to respect people in real life. I don't want to have to respect people when I'm not in real life. <laughs> Come on, gamers. Let's go gamers, fellow gamers. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to defend gamers broadly. But I also don't want to no, defend I get it. It is it's Baron Chambliss's presumption We've here.
1: always talked about it. It's such a fucking dumb take that if you do anything violent in media. Yeah. That it, it like, influences your, if anything, I believe it's the opposite. It's an outlet for people who yeah. would otherwise do horrible
0: shit. And I think, uh, according to a lot of the Reddit threads, um, people were chiming in and saying, they don't know of any games where you play a character called the Watcher. So the like, thing I think of is Alan Watch, or Alan Wake. So this could be, like, a, a little indie watchery. game or something? I don't know. But... People were saying, like, this might be like a custom character or something. Firewatch. Named the character himself. So it's hard to say what game. It could be Second Life. Yeah.
1: Something like that. Some kind of role play. And
0: and also this world, you know, this is coming from Baron Chambliss. So the woman is not saying like, oh, he's into some dark video games. Like this is Baron Chambliss recalling what this woman said, right? Maybe Baron Chambliss is a fucking gamer. He's like, that's a dark game. That's a dark fucking
1: game. <laughs> But he means it on like emotional level. Yeah, <laughs> and I tell you what, that game hit me hard. It's like Deus, or it's uh, it's like Metro twenty thirty three over there. It's uh, it's a very dark game. <laughs> really, just the ending really fucking hits you, Baron, I mean, Baron Chambliss sounds like a fucking gamer. Baron Chambliss sounds like a lot of stuff. Baron Chambliss sounds like a video game character.
0: But if I you- think I play, I think you have to go hunt him down in Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> If Baron Chambliss is a gamer, like his game is like fucking Texas Hold'em. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like that's his game. He's like a mini
1: game in another game. Like you meet a guy in like a saloon in the game, He's like and like the only
0: person with like skill at games of chance. Like <laughs> he can re- he can reliably win playing craps. <laughs> Baron Chambliss. Um, so I'm not so convinced on the gamer. You know what I want to know is more about this neighbor behind the house. That's what I'm saying. With the lawn chairs? Hello. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about Michael Langford. Yeah. Frankly. I mean, the Langfords fit the
1: profile a little bit better. But, you know, they've been explored and there's some, not
0: exonerations, but some like, I don't want to say like, oh, because they denied it, I believe them. But it's like, vehement denials over multiple Yeah. And the letters kept coming even after they knew there was law enforcement, like, suspicion of them. So I kind of don't feel like, like, why, why would Michael Langford that happen and then he ratchets it up? If he already, like, after the first letter, before the second letter's even sent, right. he's being questioned by Lugo. Why would he be like, I'm going to turn up the heat on this when he knows that they already think that he's doing it? Maybe he's not making good decisions, but... It just doesn't uh, make sense.
1: I'm shocked that like handwriting experts weren't able to do more with this.
0: Yeah. I but mean, I obviously know. the letters themselves are all typed. Right. So the only handwriting is from the signature. What's on the letter, like on the envelope. Yeah. Because the signature is not not written cursive, it's typed.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: So the, the the
1: letters themselves are all typed. But still, even with the front, I mean, faking handwriting is kind of difficult. Yeah. And you would think they would be able to get some samples from the Langfords to exonerate them, but I guess I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe I guess they unless they cooperate. wanted to give the yeah unless they wanted to give that stuff up
0: because they don't have like they don't have like enough probable cause to really implicate anybody. I mean, here's the thing though: it's like these letters really ramp up. Like you could see maybe the first
1: couple is kind of like, uh, maybe like. I don't know. People do weird, creepy stuff to get a kick. People steal stuff all the time to get a little kick, little dopamine hit, little excitement, especially in a fucking boring ass town like Westfield, where the only thing to do is be with a bunch of other cranky ass people. Want to talk about the planning board, you know, like that's the (laughs) talk of the town. More than a hundred
0: people showed up for that meeting.
1: Christ almighty. Um, and, uh, Yeah, I mean I could see it kind of being like a creepy, like, oh, let's do this. This will be fun kind of thing. I don't know, like a weird but then it gets like it gets to the point where it's sort of like, geez, you're really like you're you're really diving deep in here. You're making threats to their family. This is a threat. Right. Yeah. This is a something that could be punishable. Like you could easily get in, in big trouble for this. You're you're talking about his family, his children, you're saying stuff that you're gonna like get them in the basement, talking about where they sleep. This is uh it's harassment at minimum. Yeah. And this is really like you're, whoever this is, you have gone. I mean, and people sometimes snowball into stuff. That's why cults exist, obviously. Right. I mean, um, people can get caught up in something without realizing it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's this kind of situation where maybe some local creep was thinking this would be a funny thing to do. Maybe they're pissed off. <laughs> Yeah, like you said, about the house. Yeah. This weird family moving in that they don't think is a good fit. They yeah. don't want Maybe they don't want kids in the neighborhood. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's some old person who's annoyed uh, about... Because, like, Derek is, like, a VP for, like, an insurance company. Right. And so he's, like, you know, like, well-paid. Like, works in Manhattan, whatever. I, I'm guessing... To me, it feels like this is some older person who's probably lived around the neighborhood for a while. Right. And doesn't like that there's all these, you know... Doesn't want to see all these yuppies move in. Yuppies move in. Change the whole fucking neighborhood. Oh, they do work on the house, and they make it look modern inside. Right. Which, you know, I mean, that's... And that's, for some reason... Fucking central heat? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. They should have radiators hissing. (laughs) We need that steam heat. (laughs) Steam heat. That's that's my feeling is that, you know, like the way the letters are written, yeah, it does seem like an older person did it. It's got to be an older person. I've never heard of use, putting the weather in the salutation. I don't even know what a salutation is. It's like the, the greeting. What? You say hello. Yeah, like if I say dear art, that's my salutation.
1: So they say, on this sunny day,
0: dear art. Yeah, or you say like, you know, to art on this sunny day whatever you get the idea okay or whatever the watcher said bitter cold and gusting winds <laughs> to the ignoble Derek and his wench of a wife maria
1: noble Derek and his wench. may you
0: drown wife. in a vat of ale you swine thou hast brought this on thyselves May a boar gore
1: your and you die from the injuries on your next hunt, and may every male heir under your lineage be flayed, their skin ripped from their flesh.
0: Wow. Talk about Game of Thrones references, huh? Yeah, that's all I can reference. Bobby B, the king. Bessie and her tits. Bessie and her tits ah. <laughs> Uh
1: That is probably one of the only redeeming things about uh one of the only redeeming things about Game of Thrones is that it led to the creation of the Bobby B bot. I forget what the name of it, but it's on the Free Folk subreddit.
0: Yeah, yeah, bunk funkers. If you go to the Free Folk subreddit and you just comment Bobby B right anywhere in your comment, the Bobby B bot will respond to you and with a quote. <laughs> it, I mean. Without tr- without people tricking it into it, it does it comes off as like being almost sentient sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty
1: fun. Yeah, it's great. It's great. That subreddit, it's unbelievable. That subreddit is still going strong fucking hating on the show. Yeah, it's That's great. That's all they do.
0: It's that the only reason it exists is to hate on the TV. Everything show. else
1: about Game of Thrones is dead. They've got some dumb prequel they're going to try and do. It's going to yeah. tank.
0: But all they do is talk about how D&D ruined it.
1: They did. They
0: fucking ruined
1: it. They ruined it. It's incredible. The biggest blunder of all time. There's some good memes on there though. Good memes. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, what do you think? Do you think the Broadduses are innocent in this? Do you think they have any culpability? I mean, what is Derek doing sending those letters? What is up with that?
0: I mean, what a stupid fucking thing to do, you idiot, Derek Broaddus. You fucking dummy. I don't think you that they rich did it. Fucking idiot. I don't think that they did it because. The gain for them is not clear to me. No. What's the gain? Like, it took them... If they wanted to get
1: out... Oh, I bought a... I got a mortgage from the bank for this house, and now we can't afford it, so...
0: We're going to get out. Like, you're not going to get out. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of what? Like, get out of what? John and Andrea Woods are going to have to take back the house. That's not how it works. No, it doesn't work like that. You know, you might They've owned houses before. Yeah. If you sued them successfully, you would get money from them. But it's not like they would have to take the house back. Also, people being like,
1: how did he move up in life? It's like, uh, he how has does a anybody do it? Well-paying job. And then he sells real estate and, and owns real estate and then sells it and moves up every time. Like, yeah. I, I, don't know. I he don't renovated know. his home and sold it for greater than he purchased it for. <laughs> then he had more
0: money to put on a down payment for another home. I mean, it's stupid. It's stupid to say it's America as your answer. But <laughs> at the same time, it's like, it doesn't seem that weird. Oh, how does anybody else do it? Right. You make good, uh, good financial decisions. I mean, he works for an insurance company. He obviously has some, I mean, clearly they had disposable income. Think about all the people they hired to work on this watcher thing. <laughs> Former FBI agents. Uh, <laughs> no,
1: He's calling in favors from some fucking top brass here Yeah it's Unbelievable Yeah um, Yeah they're obviously connected in many different ways Uh,
0: Yeah so I, I failed to see Like the gain for them Yeah I mean people could say sure they sold the story to Netflix But they turned down a ton of offers before that Right After a little while you kind of go like You
1: know what Seven figures Yeah you
0: know, and you don't have to, you don't have the house anymore. Kind of life changing money.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Generational wealth. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, know. they're wealthy,
0: but this is like,
1: <laughs> this is like a whole other fucking thing. Yeah. This is a different, different level. Seven figures. And you know, that's what they said, right?
0: Yeah. Seven figures That's millions. Yeah. in the millions. Yeah. That's
1: a lot of fucking
0: money. single millions. So maybe they got like 2 million bucks for it. Good fucking money. Yeah. And I don't know, it's i like, I'd take that deal. If the, I wouldn't sell it to Netflix though. If the whole plan was to well, who would you sell it to? Lifetime?
1: No, not Netflix, because uh what did I have written down here? I had something I have a note written down. <laughs> you had a note on this? Let me look up my notes, bunk funkers. I might cut this out, I don't know. <laughs> I had a note about this. Peep uh behind the curtain. Uh I say selling uh, selling the rights to their story to Netflix is just salt in the wound. I mean, Jesus Christ, leave this fucking family alone. Now they have to have their story told by Netflix, who's going to fucking make it awful, ruin <laughs> it, like everything else they ruin. <laughs> Jesus Christ, sell it to some actual fucking storytellers.
0: Yeah, what was the thing that Netflix get, get, did get they, like some? Fucking, oh, The Witcher. That's what they pissed you off. Oh, you hate. The yeah, Witcher. I
1: mean, they've was they've, that
0: Netflix. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we were told we were going to get a faithful adaptation of a of our beloved series, of a beloved series. Um, and uh, they, yeah, I mean, it's just been butchered.
0: Uh, gamer alert, punk bunkers. Gamer wee. alert.
1: Gamers. Hey, gamers. Come on, gamers. Fellow gamers. Let's go. Who loves The Witcher 3?
0: Uh, Polish folklore <laughs> alert. Wee, <Wee-wee-wee>. wee, <laughs> So fucking
1: hype for cyberpunk. Oh, yeah. Cyberpunk. Talk about a letdown. Um, I
0: can't wait to make my own penis. Yeah. Design your own penis. Um, What were we talking about? Oh, don't let Netflix adapt your story. (laughs) I,
1: I, yeah, I agree with you. I don't, I don't see them as the, I only see them as the victims here. Now, obviously, you can kind of say like, Derek, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Sending those fucking weird letters. Yeah. Maybe it's just, I mean, I could, on the one hand, okay, you know, I can, I can understand from his perspective that this was, probably a pretty traumatic experience. Yeah. This is not something that him and his family ever wanted to get into and become in the public limelight. Like everybody knows who they are, especially yeah. people in their local community in New Jersey. Yeah. Probably has died down a little bit by now, but this is a life changing, highly stressful event. They're trying to raise their fucking kids at the same time. Hello, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, I, I guess I can kind of see where maybe he kind of loses it a little bit and does this
0: stupid thing that he yeah. shouldn't have done. Yeah, I can see where he kind of loses it, but I don't know. It's it's pretty stupid. It's very stupid. I mean, because it's 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 impl- it's like you are basically like begging to be like prove the people right that said you were the watcher all along.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, if if any of you know about Richard Jewell. How Richard Jewell, in his case, kind of did a lot of things that um, yeah, were like, dude, just shut the fuck up. Stop talking. <laughs> Stop <laughs> fucking talking to them. Yeah. Stop talking to the FBI and all of them. They're trying to fucking arrest you, dude. What don't you get? <laughs> Stop it. Listen to your lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lawyer up. Delete Facebook and hit the gym, gamers. Let's go. I'm a gamer. <laughs> Art is a gamer. Love video games. Um,
0: Yeah, I know. I know it's just it's like that's but it. but if you go back and like say well well you know people who are saying like oh they did this to themselves it's like but why would they send a thing to john and andrea woods why would they send one to somebody else on the street like that doesn't make sense right and those don't make sense to me at all either like i guess you send one to john and andrea woods like oh you assholes don't sell this house right but like why the other family like that just is weird I wouldn't, but we don't know. I mean, I guess it's like because they missed that clue at first, it's hard to say like, what's the context at the time? Were, were those people doing renovations on their house? Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. It's a little sus that like,
1: I mean, there's, they've stopped. Yeah. Right. Like the new owners, the cars, they haven't gotten anything about it.
0: Yeah. Not to my knowledge.
1: Except a great deal on a beautiful home. Wow. Yeah. Undervalued. Yeah. They they are gonna out. make. They're gonna make some cash on that house. They
0: left out. They lucked out.
1: Um. Andrew and Allison home. I don't know. That makes me. It leads me to believe that either this was somebody. I don't know. In too deep on a. On a, weird. I guess prank. I don't know what you want to call it. <laughs> Doesn't seem like a prank. Uh. But uh, or an old person who, uh, like, is a little. You know, a little loose, and then uh, kick the bucket. Oh, like this was an old person in the neighborhood, older person, maybe. He uh, died. you know, they're starting to slip up a little bit in the the old noggin. Yeah. So they're losing it, doing a little, doing a couple things that don't make sense. You yeah. know, you're kind of like, why are you doing this? Little, little dementia, little Alzheimer's there. Who knows? Um, and then I don't know, they're just they died or something. Yeah. That's interesting. The neighbors in the lawn, very sus to me and should have explored further in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I don't have any idea why they didn't like, What's why there's names? not a lot of more, you know, yeah. investigation into them. Although I think most of the, uh, like I think most of this, this story is, you know, at this point, it's like people retelling it. True. So I don't know how much the Westfield police has actually like released to people. Yeah. Like how much of this investigation files or whatever is I mean, I guess it's probably unsolved, so it's not like a closed case. they probably are right. like maybe still actively working it quote unquote right and and it's pretty recent, when yeah, you really think about it, so um, yeah, you're right, although a lot of the people said that they didn't get talked to by the police, it doesn't sound like the police like brought in a lot of people to talk to them, I mean. I'm guessing that at first they just said, this is clearly Michael Langford doing this. (laughs) And so that's why they brought him in. They're like, yeah, this is Michael Langford. Right. And then, I don't know. It didn't stop. So maybe it wasn't. I'm not so sold on Michael Langford. He seems pretty suspicious, but I'm not sold. The Langfords really fit the profile. You get the
1: old matriarch. I mean, 99, she died. When? When'd she die?
0: Uh, I don't remember the year pretty recently 2002 no no her husband died in 2002 oh that's right uh hold on well either way they, they kind
1: of fit the profile for sure of like the people who do they would be mad have line of sight to the house um would know all the things about the family and what they're doing because they're in close proximity they can hear this stuff
0: um Oh, uh, Peggy died in 2020. Oh, that's right. February 23rd, 2020. She's older, you know, and
1: she's, you know, maybe she's pissed off about this stuff. So she's working with Michael.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I guess they never thought about that. They never got any DNA samples from her. Yeah. Missed opportunity. Her body was just laying there. I don't know.
1: Those are the two, though, that I kind of have my sights set on Is the neighbors. It's got to be a neighbor.
0: Would you have moved in? Oh, fuck. I mean, I don't have kids. Yeah.
1: In this scenario. So I kind of feel like the, the renters. It's like, come fucking try. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> but big house, man. Big fucking house. Yeah, it's a big house. Huge house. Like. Big houses can be real creepy. I mean, you just don't know what's happening in them. But uh, I would get, you know, I would protect myself. I would get a security system and do what I got to do. And uh, cameras, I don't know. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't feel safe, though. Yeah.
0: Really wouldn't. I, yeah. But it, it's fucking hard to back out of a house. Yeah, I mean, that's it's the thing. It's very is hard. The broadest has had the resources to continue paying property taxes and yes. the mortgage on a house they weren't living in. Uh, not everybody has that op- no. option.
1: <laughs> That's probably this one of the scariest things about buying for the first time is like it's very difficult to unless depends on the area uh but things tend to not be on the market very often, especially good things. Good things tend to go real quick. Yeah.
0: It's hard to know who your neighbors are going to be. Yeah, you don't What are they like? It's not like you it's not like you go through a tour of the neighborhood before you Right? And besides, you meet somebody for the first time; you don't know really what they're like. No, it's like well, same thing with renting an apartment. I mean, you 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 think, oh my
1: god, this apartment's perfect. You go in there. I mean, you had the You had the you live downstairs from
0: a loud comer. You had the loud comer. Yeah, you never know the hummer and the comer, the hummer and the comer. You never know. You get in there and somebody's you know screaming out loud as they come. You that won't come up in conversation. Nobody (laughs) goes. Just want to warn you, I'm a loud comer. (laughs) when I come, it's really loud.
1: Yeah. I had the same thing happen to me when I moved into my place, thought it was great. And then all of a sudden, Oh, paper thin walls can hear everything. Wonderful. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. Not an easy process. And, um, it's difficult to know. And, uh, I don't blame the broadest. I don't luckily for them. Yeah. They had the means to never have to move in, but would I move in? Probably still would, but boy, that would suck. That would be. Yeah. I would be. I would be like, let's get out of here as soon as possible. Like, I would be looking to get out.
0: Right. Yeah. What that about you? Like you think you would move in? Well, I mean, unlike the Broadduses, I know I wouldn't have the means to like not move in. I don't know what else I would do. I couldn't. I couldn't afford to pay for two separate residents. Hey,
1: I don't have the means to start doing renovations on a house. I haven't well, yeah, been that's, into yet.
0: that's true. I probably wouldn't get any letters because I don't have any money. For, I don't have any extra. Yeah. Um, but. I would have to probably have to move in. But like you said, I mean, I do have a kid. I would be like, I don't, I would never feel safe. Like I would probably, it would be hard to sleep. Like, I don't know how you would ever feel like comfortable in there. And I, that would be like, my obsession is just getting out as soon as possible. Right. Like I would move in. I would be like, stop working on everything. Like just do the, if I was doing renovations, it would be like, just stop doing everything right now. Like finish the immediate thing that has to be done for this to be livable and then no more. And then I'm going to sell this house. Do you think you would have said anything to the neighbors?
1: Cause the Broaddus has really kept it under wraps. Um,
0: Do you think it's a better move or not a better move? Well, I can't decide. You know, at first they didn't on the advice of the police. And I think that I would have followed that advice Yeah, because you assume, Oh, I took this to the police. They're looking into it. I don't want to screw that up. And like tip off somebody. That, right. Hey, you start a big
1: frenzy. Yeah. Right.
0: Or then somebody's like, oh, well, no, like destroys the evidence or whatever. Like that could have been like found out what was going on. Um, So I probably wouldn't have. And they eventually did tell the neighbors. I mean, they took the letter around trying to see. Obviously, the guy said, hey, it sounds like me. All right. Sounds like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Somebody writing letters where he threatens your children. Because of work you're doing in a house? Yeah, that sounds like me. Well, that's something I do on a Saturday night. I always think about what are people doing in these houses. They got all these, uh, you know, somebody's coming in painting. It's like, I might murder your kids. I'm thinking about murdering your kids because you painted the house a color I'm not so fond of. I know it's on the inside. It doesn't affect me in the slightest, but I could see it briefly. I bring this up at the
1: planning board meeting that nobody inside their house should have egg cream. Yeah. On the walls. I mean, egg cream is not a very nice color. If you're going to get off white, you want to go with uh, seafoam and uh, and uh, yeah. So uh, you yeah, know, I might murder your kids in their basement.
0: <laughs> you know, I have access to your basement uh, <laughs> because there's a door in the back that doesn't quite lock all the way. I've been down there. I've masturbated a few times <laughs> in the basement thinking about murdering your kids. Um,
1: your house should always feel like the safest place you can ever live. That's what houses are. That's where you're aboged feel like you should feel comfortable in your home. Yeah. Homes are so important. They're so comfy. There's so many memories in your home.
0: I mean, it's just so horrible. Yeah, everybody should everybody should be entitled to feel safe, yeah, a comfortable, yeah, where they live. Right. You shouldn't you shouldn't have to live somewhere that is inherently unsafe. Um I don't know, Andy.
1: It's a, uh, I mean, the brotuses Broadduses, whatever their name is. They made it out, you know. Luckily for them. But uh, God, it's the
0: Broadduses,
1: the Broadduses, the bro- the addis is broadasses. What do you think here? Should we get to old verdicts or?
0: Uh, yeah, let's get to verdicts, baby. Dokey. Um, let's try and figure it out. Yeah, I gotta get my patented bunker scale. Get that scale. Bunker scale, bunker scale. I'm gonna get a bunker scale, bunker scale, bunker Uh, scale. Bunker bunker scale. scale. Uh, okay, bunker scale. Hmm, so I guess we're gonna be doing verdicts. I'm just gonna place a verdict with my, you know, favorite suspect. Sure. Um, And maybe I'll do more. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm going plausible plus plus. Wow. The neighbor, the creepy neighbor sitting and watching the house. Wow. Plausible plus plus. I think that dude's a weirdo. I think he should have been looked into more. Wow. 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 Uh, Wow. (laughs) Without knowing anything about him, I hate him and he should be taken to jail. (laughs) Wow. (laughs)
1: Holy shit. You heard it here first, folks. Andy, not a fan of creeps. Um...
0: Just gonna throw out uh, the broadest is themselves uh, plausible molecule. Okay, like we talked about. I'm just not convinced at all. Not convinced at all. Plausible, Michael plus, Michael plus. Langford straight plausible. Wow. Or the Langford family at large. Langford family at large plausible. You know, I'm not totally sold on the Langfords either. I really think it was that creepy ass motherfucker behind the house that was doing this stuff. Um, yeah. Some busybody dumbass. Fucking wow. sitting there on the property Wow. Now, spying in this house. Piece of shit. Get a life. Pick up a hobby. <laughs> Bunkfuckers, you're seeing the true Andy. Let's buy this old fucking idiot a computer so he can play solitaire and keep his mind on his own fucking business, okay? <laughs> Bunkfuckers, are you hearing this? <laughs> You know all this furor over two lots. If this dumb shit could have minded his own fucking business about stuff happening inside the house to begin with, there wouldn't even have been two lots on the table. Nobody would have even have to think about it. It's some other jackass's <laughs> fault.
1: <laughs> Bugbugger, Suddenly, Andy's hair has been combed back. It's greasy. He's wearing oh. a gold chain. He's got a uh, he's got a white undershirt on, <laughs> and uh, he has a large Italian sub in one hand.
0: When I grew up, they called me Pork Roll. <laughs> you were.
1: <laughs> that was your nickname. Down in at the, the Jersey mob.
0: Shore, they called me hey, Pork Roll. A <laughs> <I> Gabeesh. <got> me... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh God! Wow, what a what a fucking <laughs> verdict! What a fucking verdict, bunk funkers! You're seeing it. Andy gets riled up about busybodies who get in his business. <laughs> Stay out of my business. Leave him alone. Stay out of it. Leave Andy alone. Um, incredible. Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, for, I think I'm gonna match your oh. Well, I'm gonna match plausible plus plus for the creep in the back. Okay. All my creeps in the back. <laughs> um. Oh, I got a
0: creep in the back. Oh, I need to go see my <laughs> Ooh, Rick Moranis. Ooh, oh. gave me a creep in the back. Uh. Ooh. Rick Moranis and his magnum dog, <laughs> magnum dog gave me a creep in the back. <laughs> oh, I can't sit down now. Yeah,
1: I think plausible plus plus for the creep in the back uh, with the lawn chairs. Very weird. Get a life.
0: Uh, I'm just going to say the
1: Langford's in general, mm-hmm. my, my Langford theory, plausible plus. Oh,
0: okay. A little more, a little more plausible. I want me. both
1: of them looked at a little bit more, but obviously Peggy Langford is gone and the watcher has disappeared. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I would definitely, I would say those two. And then, um, yeah, I, I'm not even going to, I mean, I'm going to go case closed on the Braddys's brought oh, us wow, okay. as a uh, suspect. I don't, there's nothing to gain. There's yeah. nothing to gain by becoming, I mean, how do they know that this story is going to be sold to Netflix? Like, yeah. And they Years turned down later. multiple offers. Like, yeah. it's like if they were really that greedy, they would have taken the first thing right off the bat. Like
0: this, <laughs> I don't they know. waited until even after the media sensation died down to sell it. Right. So they didn't take advantage of the media coverage. Right. Nobody, I don't know, I just don't see these well-off
1: people who are, like, well-to-do, have a full family, seem to come from, there seem to be just, quote-unquote, normal, just people who just want to, I don't know, you know, just want to work and make money and live in a house and have their kids go to school. Like, yeah why why subject yourself to be, to national scrutiny putting your name out there i mean it's just it's such a career risk in so many different ways that you know people digging into your personal life even more yeah like no fucking Run-of-the-mill person usually wants that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I'm case closing on them. But uh, my, my molecule of plausibility is mostly punitive for Derek right. sending those other letters. Right. Well, I'll slap him on the wrist and I on mean, the butt. Yeah, it's, we I don't mean, know much about Derek's. Could have b- closed the case, but you wrote those letters, Derek. Can't yeah. close the case now.
1: We don't. We know he's a. We know he's a broadus or uh, <laughs> broadus, but we don't know if he's a broadass. You know yeah. what I'm mean? saying? Yeah, he's from Ass Beatenstein. So. He's from Ass Beatenstein. But, uh, bunk bunkers, we are from Verdictstein, and uh, those were our verdicts. Verdictstein, verdictstein. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Um. Of course, you can always email us, MisterBunkerPod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at mrbunkerpod. Find us on YouTube at our new YouTube URL, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Mr. Bunker pod. I <laughs> think that's it. I don't remember. <laughs> You'll find us on YouTube. You can also search for Mr. Bunker. Yeah, it comes pod. up. You yeah. can search it. Um, and uh, if you feel so inclined, want to support the show, help keep the lights on. You can always support us at patreon.com slash Mr. Bunker pod, where you can get new episodes every month of our Patreon only show, Andy and Art debunked, yeah well Andy um
0: you know uh bunk funkers uh if you uh if you have a theory, oh yeah, on who the watcher is, if you think you' solved you crack the case, let us know about it hiss up, uh use the hashtag oh the hashtag duh um, I always forget it let's see the hashtag um Hmm. I brought up the hashtag but didn't have any good ideas. Probably my fault. Um <laughs> <laughs> hashtag ass beatenstein. <laughs> hashtag ass beatenstein. <laughs> Our favorite country.
1: And of course, you can, you know, and then let us know what you think about the watcher. Yeah. Uh, and your theories. But um, you know, Andy, I think it's time that we uh you know, bunk bunkers, too. It's time that we, we stop listening and go watch something else. Yeah. Let's go see what our neighbors are up to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully we won't be finding, uh, you know, a neighbor like Mr. Bunker because for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my putative oh. co-host. <laughs> Andy Hart, I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada.
0: Yummy.